All right, so anytime I want to start, <laughs> sip your drink. Oh, I hope you do that through the whole show. Glad you're enjoying it. Mm -hmm. Please stop it. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Sneaky Dragon. My name is David Dedrick. I'm Ian Boothby. And uh, this week is episode 361, and welcome. you're welcome to it. All right. You take, can have take it, it in yeah. portions, take it as a whole. I know, they can just have all of it. I don't want it. You know? That's no. how I felt about absolutely everything in my house when I was moving. <laughs> I know, that was fun, actually. Just take it all. Yeah, I shouldn't say it was fun. We better lock, I, lock the I door enjoy. halfway through, or we leave it open and just let people rob mm -hmm. it. Yeah, yeah. And bless them. Bless them for taking stuff. <laughs> take it all. Did take you feel that way when we moved from your apartment to the house? I don't remember you being quite no. as quite as sour on the whole experience. No, I was actually I was I was more bummed out about that experience because uh, that was a real feeling like I was losing my home. Yeah, you know, it was like uh, been forced in that apartment for a long. Yeah, time. and I liked it, and I liked the convenience of it. We were kind of moving to a place that was at the bottom of a hill, and it was just like a, in the middle of nothing. Mm -hmm. Even though it wasn't too far away, it was still like in the middle of nothing. Everything was a hard walk to get to, and nothing yeah. was like close or convenient. Yeah. Um. And yeah, even though it was a bigger space, there was a lot of uh, uh traps and problems and you know you go downstairs and bang your head and you go to the laundry room and you bang your head and you just bang your head yeah and i'm 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 doing laundry now at my new place and i still twitch mm -hmm. i still feel like i'm gonna hit my head yeah. you know when i'm when i'm doing stuff i'm still Ugh, for sure ah, yeah yeah <laughs> but no i don't remember going like oh i just want to like set everything on fire yeah. by the end i did leave some stuff behind I, 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 you know, I, there was like, I had some, um, some, some just like hand weights and it was like, okay. nope, those stay in the storage. That's fine. That's a gift for someone who wants them. I'm not carrying these to the new place. Forget okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I just, yeah, it was funny because this, not funny. It was, in, it was, oh, I want to say interesting, but I'm trying not to use that word anymore. Fascinating. Be like a Vulcan. It was fascinating, Captain, that your, yes, your, your mood sour. I mean, your mood wasn't great to start with nope. when I helped you move. And it wasn't that you're mean or anything or grumpy. Nope. It was just that you were over it. Oh yeah. From when I got there. Oh my you gosh. Were, you were already over it. Miles so over it. Yeah. We were we were packing a lot of bags and boxes and 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 things, and you were you were not happy with any of it. You were just had a lot of help, a lot of help from family and stuff. Yeah. Helpers. Is that helpful? Nope. <laughs> was I helpful? Yes. Oh good. Very much so. That's good. Yes, you're very you're a very good person to have around when you're moving. Most other people, nope. <laughs> Most other people have a whole bunch of advice, have yeah. a whole big bunch of plans. Mm. And what that ends up with, and again, uh, bless everybody, sure. but then you end up with like a box with all these random things, and then at the bottom is a whole bunch of bird seed. <laughs> this is just what ends up happening. And then yeah. you're like, yeah. why is there all this bird seed at the bottom of, why? Because they just threw everything in. Yeah. Or like right now, we're going through all these dishes, right? Mm. And there's like these loose cloth bags of dishes, uh, 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 cloth bags filled with dishes, wow. just at random angles. Wow. I didn't even know that. I thought they went into the blue totes. I thought that was the purpose of the so blue totes. That was some of them. And okay. then some of them ended up in these cloth bags uh. that are just, hmm, well, you know, I mean, <laughs> and P&O is what our wedding uh, stuff is. I don't. 
Uh, apparently, there's a lot of ship stuff now. But oh. that's, yeah, I, I can't, I don't know. You know what? I don't oh. care. I don't care. I don't care. You don't, you don't want to be attached to things? I just don't have care. You, have you reached a level? I just want to level? be in the damn house. I just want to be in the yeah. house. And I just want to, like, be living in the house. Sure. And I just want the stuff to be from over there to over there. Half of it went missing. And it, fine. <laughs> Is the cat still here? Is my wife still here? That's great. You know, there's like a, there's really yeah. maybe like, like I could carry all the things that I really, really care about in my arms. Mm. I could probably lift them across a room. Yeah. And then the rest of the stuff is just stuff that we haven't found a place for. Yeah. Or, you know, is, is there for some sentimental reasons or because we haven't got a good replacement for it yet. And it's all fine. It's all fine. It's all fine. But I don't care. And then, yeah, you came into it like when the big stuff had been moved out. Yeah, I did a few moves of, of boxes and yeah. of totes and things that you had. Which was nice. Pre, yes. I came a couple times. Just before the show, yeah. we went and moved stuff. And then, yes, you had a major move of all your of all your large items, which is nice. I, I mean, I don't mind doing that stuff either. But but I have a feeling that you wouldn't have enjoyed that at all. Nope. And uh, and yeah, we were we were the dregs part of the of the, and that's the worst part of moving is mm. that is that last bunch of stuff yeah. that doesn't the, really fit in a box and no. it doesn't really go there. And it doesn't matter and, how much of it you take out; yeah. it it's, remains the same amount in the house. Yeah, and just like, and now there's now this is all, of it, and now yeah. there's all this. Yeah. And then it's like, well, what about the cinder block collection? What you know, your lucky cinder blocks. I don't know, whatever it is, <laughs> that's what it feels like. Yeah. And then it's like, well, how about this electronic equipment? I don't know. Is that a thing? I don't know. Where do you bring it? Yeah. Where do you take it? And I understand. Like, we got like a charity place that's like near our place that we can take stuff to. And it's sure. fine. Though even that bothers me. Like, I, I can't do that. Pia will be able to do that. I might be able to like stand near her while she does that. But I can't <laughs> do a thing like I can't go to a Goodwill yeah. and just go, I've got some stuff to give you. I can't do that. Yeah. yeah. I can't go. You feel like you're bothering them? Yeah. I can't do it. <laughs> yeah. I can't do it. I could leave it at the back door. Yeah, yeah. Here, take it all. Take it all. It's fine. Totally. Because you're getting rid of it. So to you, it's junk. So you're just bringing junk to someone else, and you feel like, well, why would anyone want my there is, junk? I know it's good. Like there's stuff that, and it's people that would want this stuff, and that's great. Have it. Yeah. I don't just don't want to interact with you. Yeah. I don't want to have a conversation. I just want this to be. I just want this to be over. And then like today, we had like a, a an alarm on one of our windows going off, so it was going beep beep beep. And it's like, can we get to this window? Because there's so much stuff right now. Yeah, yeah. Like this weekend, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be going through all the boxes and and putting things in their places and assigning whatever we're doing for charity and what have you. And we're gonna have people over on Tuesday, which is a couple of days from now, which I know seems like a short amount of time away, but that's one of the reasons is to give ourselves a hard it, deadline. It is, but yeah, I can see. It's to I give ourselves why, a hard yeah. deadline. Yeah. So it's like you know, we've got we've got a spare room to put stuff in should it come south. You know, we'll have a living room, we'll have a kitchen, we'll be yeah. able to, like, you know, celebrate, and it'll be fine. Uh, it'll be fine. And by celebrate, I mean, I don't know, because we're going to have people over for the midterm, so who knows? Maybe we'll all just be, like, you know, pounding gin at the very end of it. <laughs> who knows? Calling cabs. Well, we have some beautiful uh, of that uh, nice, um, what's it called? Sapphire? No, something gin. There's a name for it. You mean the, the you blue? Nice, yeah, the yeah. blue stuff, yeah. Yeah, it's good, whatever it is. Yeah, we've got it. We got some left. I can't remember what it's called. I don't know. It'll be- it was it was a vial, per, you know, for you. I, I thought it was a vial. But it's yeah. all poison. But it looks for you. beautiful. It looks yeah. beautiful. I wonder if I have like an allergy to alcohol. We were talking about that. How uh, Richard E. Grant, Grant yeah. has has that because we were listening to. Uh, I was listening to a different podcast that was talking about that. It's possible. Have uh, did you you felt sick when you when you had some? No, it then just you, doesn't then, taste any then good you, to me. Then you're not. 
It just doesn't taste. Any you would good feel to me. sick if you were out okay. allergic. Yeah, okay. your body would reject it. Yeah, no, it's just to me. It, it's kind of like um, I can't wear colognes. But they you just, can wear perfumes. I can't wear. Well, I don't know. I've never tried that. But uh, <laughs> colognes, they just on my skin. They they get a really horrible smell. Oh, yeah, it's weird. I just I, I find them unpleasant. Well, no one wants to smell, but uh, yeah, I've just tried them. And like when you're you know when you're in a perfume counter with your with your wife or daughters or whatever, and you're like, oh, I'll try this. This cologne smells nice. I'll put it on my skin. What have I done to it? Every time. It just smells weird. Interesting. Like sour and odd. Yeah, it's strange. Yeah, I wonder what you've got in your skin, what you're excreting. I don't know. Lisa suggested them could be like the chemo drugs that are still there that they changed how I smell. Hmm. So. And before then, did you ever try putting anything on when you were like a high schooler? Did you like no, rub, I never was take a, a magazine and rub yeah. it on yourself just to, to get that we, uh, Chanel? Yeah, we didn't have those really eff- effective Axe ads that, that uh, other teenagers had. <laughs> it's pretty much guaranteed, pretty much guaranteed to get the girls if you wear this this stuff on you. Does the chemo stuff really? stay in you forever? Is that what happens? Oh, I think so. I can still smell it sometimes, especially if I work hard. Uh, I can I can smell it. Coming out of my pee and stuff like that. So okay. It's still there. Yep. It'll be there forever in my organs doing whatever it does. Yep. But that's that's all right. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're still here as well. That's good. Otherwise, I'd have to move uh, by myself and that would pee. That'd be rough. <laughs> pretty rough. No, I get... I'm I, a cheery <laughs> mover as well. I'm a cheery... Yeah. And my and my sister-in-law, Victoria, thing. is an amazing mover too. Yeah. She yeah. was a godsend on the last day. Like the very last, last day where we're just like going, ah, oh, to hell with it. I'm glad I wasn't there for that. Bag it up, bag it up, bag it up, bag it up, bag it up. And you don't want any... But doesn't this mean something to you? Shut up, shut up, shut up. I don't... Ca- yes, probably. But I don't care. Back it up. Uh, when it was all done, we were like trying to back out of the, uh, you know, backyard and we're stuck in the mud. And like, like I was saying to you earlier, it was yeah. just like we're an evil dead too. And it's like, you're never leaving this house. <laughs> the road. Oh no, the bridge has collapsed. Oh yeah. As you say, the, the, the tree is a giant hand grabbing you and you'll stay forever. And, yeah. You said, Oh my God, I'm in a metaphor. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, why did we get that uh, 2018 metaphor with that car? <laughs> what, when well, the simile was so... The, pr- oh, the price was so good for the metaphor. Yeah. That a sale you couldn't resist. It was as if you really wanted it. <laughs> uh, do you feel like talking about um, meeting with your landlord and how did that go? Yeah, well, here's the thing about meeting with my landlord is that I knew that uh, he would... Uh, which one are you talking about? Because I talked to another one of them today. <laughs> um, uh, uh, but uh, yeah, I was talking to... Uh, he... He he's always trying to pull a fast one on me, you okay. know. You know, you just know he's trying to pull a fast one on sure. you. Like he brought this like dodgy contract in a while ago and was like trying to get us to sign it without looking at it and all this stuff. And I read it and I was like, "Hey!" It was a lot of that. <laughs> and my immortal soul. We shared uh we shared a, a house with some people above, and I know they got ripped off. Like they should have been like offered uh like a month's rent and uh, mm. some other stuff but instead he like threw a couple of bucks at them for moving expenses and okay. got them out really early and was trying to like push us out too early for like no extra money though he he owed us some stuff and it was just like i just knew like on the the last day he was going to like really screw us over mm-hmm. and the drag was like we hadn't quite moved everything out by by the time he was there oh, okay and i was like ugh so I just had to really do the charm offensive thing and just like 
constantly be talking to him and talking to him by his name and anything that he had a slight problem with, I'd just go, well, yeah, but that's, we're taking care of that immediately. Yeah. We're t- basically, I landlorded him, which is like, you know, when you're looking at your place yeah. or moving in, it's just like, Hey, the, the door to the oven doesn't work. Yeah. We're fixing that. This light doesn't go. Yep. We're replacing that. And they're not. They're never going to replace it. Never going to be replaced. Yeah. So it's like, how about all this? Oh, yeah. We're moving us all out. How about this? Yeah, we're just going to give this a good wipe down. Going to do a big sweep over there. Going to do the thing. Going to take this. How about anything in the backyard? Oh, that's all going. Everything's going. Uh, and then a lot of, uh, we're just leaving the stuff that was here when we got here. Now I know, here's, here's the thing. When we moved in, uh, I knew the person who lived there before us. Yeah. And I know they didn't get their damage deposit back. Okay. Right. So they didn't get their damage deposit back. So they did like a rough cleaning, but not really good cleaning. Yeah. And he was supposed to do a big cleaning. And he didn't do a big cleaning. Okay. And so things like the oven weren't cleaned Ugh. and behind the oven was clean and all this other stuff wasn't clean. Yeah. So my deal on this was, uh, I was trying to make sure like, yeah, we're putting things to where they were when we got here. And I know how they were. <laughs> this is how they were. Yeah. They might have left it a little worse, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> like he knows he, he knows he like pulled a fast one there yeah. and was supposed to like pay for cleaners and he didn't pay for cleaners. Yeah. So screw you on this at this point. Yeah. And yeah, again, that he's, that he screwed over the people above us. It's just forget it. <laughs> you know, just forget, forget it. And, and, uh, and it was a death trap. You know, the back, the back porch was resting on this post that was like eaten away at the bottom that was going to like, it was a, was going to fall. It was a scary looking it mess. A scary okay. looking mess. Yeah. Uh, there was like, uh, w- one time we had, uh, uh, water pouring in from the ceiling in the kitchen. We called him. He said, Oh, it's Saturday. I don't come in on Saturdays. Well, you come in now because there's water pouring in. There's not going to be a Monday because this whole place is coming down if you yeah. don't come in now. Yeah. So that's up to you, you know, uh, but you know, that's the way that's going to be. And so he came in and reluctantly fixed it all. So, like, all this, anything he was going to complain about, it was like, well, look at the ceiling. It's a disaster because, and, you know, we had, like, a rat in the laundry room that was running around in the ceiling that was, like, you know, defecating everywhere. And we were like, you got to clean this out. This is your business. And he didn't. And all this other shit. So, fuck. You know, I just just had to go and just be Johnny McCharming yeah. to this and then get the hell out of there. And then, yeah, as soon as we were gone, like, uh, finally we got out of that mud. We're like, ah, we're driving. I get a phone call from Pia. And she's going like, oh, did you remember your plant? Because I had this office plant in here yeah. for a long time. It was like a really small plant. I found it in the hallway. I, I, I made it big. It got really big. It was, uh, I always looked after it. And I brought it to the house and I was going to bring it to the new place. And we left the, left it behind. And she went, Oh, you better go get it. And I'm like, Nope, we're not going back. <laughs> That's where it is. And, and we named it. So I felt bad about that. Yeah. And so I was like, Nope, Trevor's staying there. That's Trevor's new home. I don't care. I feel a little bad about it, but it's fine. And also we found out. Trevor was a bit poisonous and it was, oh, okay. not, it was not good around cats and oh, okay. not good to touch and sure. it's fine. So that's uh, fine. That's all left behind. But yeah, it was a, it was a big bunch of trauma. So now we got all our stuff in the new place and it's all stacked in boxes and we're like swimming in boxes. <laughs> so uh, we'll see how it goes. There's a lot goes. of stuff we brought. And in. now we've said uh, goodbye. We've said goodbye to the office here, Hell yep. Kitty Studios. We're going to like move some stuff over to uh, the new place. And, uh, again, I'm getting like a bunch of guff from, from this guy who like runs this place. And that's a whole different story that we're not getting into right now. But it's just like, you know what? I just don't want to get on the guff train one more time. And I don't <laughs> want to be on the moving stuff out train one more time. And yeah. it's just like, ugh. Meanwhile, I've got so many deadlines right now that I've got to do, uh, to pay for this place that it's just, ah, that's all. Hey. So anyway, that's me. Well, it's a, 
frustrating and 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 very uh, pressure packed time you're going How? through. How so? <laughs> you know exactly <laughs> what I mean. That's fine. Uh, but I got, I got, the, yeah, I got friends just... and family around me, and it's all good. And the That's and good. even the friends and family that were not helpful were great to sure. good people, and they're good. And I, and I was there too. You were, that's right. I don't, that's right. Also, fiends, 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 and friends and family. <laughs> that's that's great. Well, I'm, I yes. After loading all that stuff into your place, I did feel a sense of relief driving away <laughs> when it was all done. Just yeah, like, I'm done. Yeah, it. Uh, yeah, I like to help, but there's the point. You yeah, there's through. a nice thing where like we haven't put stuff upstairs yet, really. So you can go upstairs and go. And relax. That's nice. And that's nice. And we were able to have Halloween there at the place, which was also nice. Mm-hmm. Though I think like the people that lived there before were not good Halloween people. Okay. Because people would go to the place next to us and then not come to us. And I'm oh. like, oh, you think we're bad. So we had to move a whole bunch of Halloween decorations up front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, and no, 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 we're good. And then the kids <laughs> were very excited when we gave them Starburst. Nice. Yes. Got to remember that. Put that into our, our bag of tricks for next Kids year. Kids love Starburst. Kids love Starburst. Oh, my gosh. Did you great. hear that, everyone out there? Kids love Starburst. Did you have a lot of kids come around to your place? Nope. Isn't it terrible? But, I'm, you know... You I, know, I, I just want to say this oh, really sure. quick. Yeah. Uh, there were neighbors who were across the street and down a bit, and we were told by our la- our landlady came by, and she was going, yeah, the neighbors, they're giving uh, cans of beer out to the parents. No. Like a can... Well, she said, like, a full can of beer out to each parent. Yeah. Uh, that maybe like later went like yeah it'd be weird to give like a half can of beer <laughs> right like you gotta kind of give yeah, a full yeah. can of beer or no can of beer it's true there's no yeah. middle ground with that nope but yeah they're just giving out beer to the parents wow i don't think that's a thing that is a thing but they were well so that's a bit of my neighbor you were in the sun you're in the sunrise area i won't say yeah. exactly where you are but you're in the sunrise area and so you have to put up with the fact that you now live amongst craft beer drinking hipsters oh god damn it's true so that's just the way it's gonna be all right uh, yeah, we had a lot of parents uh, walking around with their kids in our area too, and we have the same problem though. Like we had, we had ten pumpkins in front of our our house or uh, in our walkway. And you stuff started like that. with two, but those things like to fuck. They are. That's right. <laughs> they do. Uh, uh, they reproduce like like pumpkins, and uh, people would just be walking by. I was standing on the stoop, and I was like, "Hey, come and get some candy." And they're like, "Have we been there?" Oh, and then they came around and they got candy, and I was like, "Well, why would you be walking past a?" Do you think they're worried you're going to talk to them about uh, your podcast? Yeah. Like, that's old man Dedrick. He's going to tell us about full marks. Have you heard the good word? Sneaky dragon. We're doing every Marx Brothers film. (laughs) It's like, we don't (laughs) care. Who? How about Tintin? Do you like Tintin? (laughs) What? Is that the dog from the movies? No, that's Rin Tintin. Which came first? Philistines. Which came first? I think Tintin came first. Okay, thanks, Mr. Dedrick. (laughs) See, you didn't take any candy. Mm. You don't have Starburst. Yeah. No, uh, it was... Oh, we had kids come by, and it was nice, but, like, you know, I think the problem nowadays is that kids are too canny. Like, they know where to go. They're too smart for us. So they're in the townhouse complexes where it's packed. Density. And you can just, like, go door to door really quickly. Yeah, that's a good point. And you know, you it's, come, kind of, it's kind of like you with the encyclopedia salesmanship back in the day. You had to, uh-huh. you had to like learn where to go, and you couldn't yeah. waste your time at a cul-de-sac. Sure, I can't remember what we called those areas. We had a name for it that we would call uh, an area that looked like like looked suitable for us. Which uh-huh. I can't remember the word uh, the word they use now. But they would go around an area and they'd be like, "This area is blank," and I'd be like, "I was first, I was like, what? But then I got it. I was like, "Oh, okay." 
This area is exactly that. You don't want to go to a rich, rich area. You're not going to sell encyclopedias in a wealthy area. Okay. You got to go to an area that's sort of lower class. And so when you get into that area, people are going to, they're going to want to, because they want their kids to, to, to go ahead and they want their kids to, to advance, advance, be better than, that, have a better education than they right. did. And now, was so, this a Britannica you were selling? Uh, no, it wasn't. Uh, it was, I can't remember what it was now. Sorry. But, um, yeah, so we would, you know, look and look for those kind of areas. I don't remember what the word was. Not, I'm thinking moochie, but I don't think that. Maybe moochie. Hot very, spots. Which is not a very nice word to say. But yeah, you look for kids. Yeah. You look for kids, but you also look for poverty. <laughs> that's, mm. that's where your, that's where your, uh, your, your money's made. So that is not where you're, now is that where you're looking now for candy? I wonder. Because they got something to prove. No. They got to like up their game. They no. can't look, uh, they can't look, uh, poor in front of their neighbors. So you got to have some good candy. There. You'd be surprised how little people care about that stuff. Uh, right. Fair enough. Yeah. What, like what candy do you give out, by the way? Uh, chocolate bars. Uh, just a little mini kinds. Well, I gave away all kinds this year. I had every, I had every, uh, kind that you might want. Okay. Me too. We did a big variety. Yeah. And I preferred like that. We also had some, uh, licorice and we had, uh, some, uh, ladles Jolly Ranchers and some ladles of soup. But ladles of soup and apples. For the bad kids. Yeah. Yep. If, they, if their costumes weren't up to snuff. We had one little boy. felt bad for him. He comes up to the door. And Mary and, I, Mary and I answer. And he's just standing there with his bag. And Mary says, do you have anything to say? And he goes, nope. She goes, okay, I guess we're done then. He goes, <laughs> he goes okay. Then he turns around and walks down the steps and starts walking away. We're like, I was like, hey, wait, wait, wait. Don't run, go away. Get back here. You're supposed to say trick or treat. Don't you know that? Oh, trick or treat. Here you go. Have some candy. Yeah. Dum, dum. What we'll also do is we'll take uh, apple slices and we'll cut them into the shape of razor blades and we'll throw those in the in the bag as well. <laughs> sure. It's fun. The kids enjoy it. Oh, yeah. They love that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we package up little uh, bits of icing sugar in little packets and put it into the, <laughs> put it in there as well. And as always, there's like always a story from the UK where it's like someone was handing out ecstasy. It's like, no, they weren't. No, they weren't. No, they weren't. <laughs> that stuff costs money. Yeah. No one's out what that a shit. dumb. Yeah. No, of course they weren't. <laughs> Don't be stupid. Oh, yeah. I had this ecstasy. It was just kind of extra and I was just handing it out to the kids. What's the problem? Yeah. It is. It's like the, the, the razor blade thing was also like. A lie back in the day. That oh, was of course. Thing. And now, nowadays, once spread it, by people who don't like Halloween. Yeah, nowadays it's just like, holy cow, the price of razors. That'd be great. <laughs> like someone's actually giving out razors. Holy well, there's, shit! They're, they're safety razors, so you'd have to have like a safety razor blade. But yeah, yeah, yeah. No, oh, that shit's expensive. Be so good. Yeah, give you a nice big box of Harry's razors. That's great. Like with an apple like glued to it. <laughs> great. Just a promotion. <laughs> yeah. Happy Halloween. <laughs> Happy Halloween. Here's your Harry's razors and an apple. <laughs> Thanks. Did you ever... I got apples when I was a kid yep. for Halloween. Once again, people who don't get it, they don't yeah. get it. They're worried. Oh, man, I was reading an article about this, actually. It was a dietitian writing this article in the newspaper, and she was saying, don't worry about it. Like, if your kids are going to get candy for Halloween, don't worry about it. Let them eat candy for Halloween. Yeah. That's what you're modeling. You don't want to model... Uh, that kind of uh, like austerity program where the kids don't get any candy because then when they do get it, they just go crazy for it. Yeah, you know, like have it available that they can eat every once in a while. Yeah. There's you candy know. holidays. Yeah, and you'll get them then. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you'll also get cake on your birthday and sure. a cake at parties. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna arrive once in a while. We'll go out for ice cream. It's gonna be okay. Sure. Just just relax. Yeah, it's gonna be all right. Whereas if you teach kids that if you give kids all this kind of taboo elements to eating, then it it changes. You know what? Changes how they're eating. They're not just eating 
for nutrition or for energy and stuff like that. They're eating for thrills and they're eating for, you know, because it's forbidden and it yeah. gives, it's adds something to it. And that's, that's not healthy eating habits. Yeah. You know, you don't want to have like sneaky eating or comfort eating and all that kind of stuff. It just doesn't make for healthy choices. No, it makes sense. It's, it's, it's like, um, we just legalized, uh, marijuana in Canada and now no one smokes it anymore. They all just stopped. They just went, eh, you know what? Maybe it's dumb. Uh, judging, the end. judging from people that I know, I no, don't think it's that's... No, it's all dumb. Oh, is no, it? they went dumb. Yeah. No, they don't do it anymore. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> Seriously, look around this room. Is anyone smoking pot? Where were we before? What? Where, where were we before? Well, you know. We're, <laughs> I was I was high for most of the shows we've done. But like, that no, it's just, not, it's just not cool anymore. Yeah, it's not cool. No. It's uh, it's part of the... Uh, it's just, you're just part of the... I mean, is it, why is... Now I'm just licking toads. <laughs> Them toad lickers. Yep. Oh, I'm going to play that song at the end of this show. All right. If I can find it. Good song. <laughs> okay. Mason Williams. You know Mason Williams? I do know Mason okay. Williams. Yeah, he had a whole, Classical gas. He had a whole album of uh, songs, and they all start with them. them. Every time uh, Beethoven farted, it was classical gas. Mm. Yep. Uh, arranged by Mike Post, who wrote the uh, Rockford Files theme. Oh, that's good. There you go. There's your trivia for today. Everyone. That's a great theme song. Oh, it is a great theme song. That's like one of the best. That's in the top ten for sure. It was Well, it was... That was from the age when you could have like theme songs played on the radio because that song was a top ten hit. Here's my also rock- the theme from SWAT. I've got a question for you. Okay. I remember something about the opening of the Rockford Files. Okay, and yet I never see it when I watch the opening of the Rockford Files. Okay, it's it's Jim Rockford. Yeah, he's in the supermarket. Yes, he's looking at meat. Yeah, picks it up, tosses it away because it's too expensive. Can't afford it. Yeah, I'm trying to remember that. But yeah. every time it's just like him, just like looking, looking at me. But he doesn't toss it away. Well, because oh, you you think like they go from picture to picture. Yeah, I think he goes from no, picture like yeah. looks, picks it up. He's just looking at it, and he's like rolling his eyes and tossing it because he can't afford ah, that. Maybe he can't not, afford that steak. Yeah, maybe you're not looking at the first season. Or maybe I that's wonder. A, like maybe I, that's a later. Edition. I feel like I've watched like a bunch of seasons and I've yeah, never yeah. seen this. And yet, so many other people remember. Remember when he like throws the steak away because he can't afford it? Oh yeah, clearly I remember that. Am I just you know? I'm just. Am I just making that up in my head mm-hmm. or am i watching like an edited version because he it is in the supermarket yeah, for yeah. sure yeah but like yeah not throwing it away it's weird i mean you think you have a good memory and then you have well my mimic experience which i was talking about last episode where i had this idea of how the movie opened and it wasn't totally wrong so yeah it's just it's, it's uh our minds are curious places right so dave when's the last time you can remember alec baldwin not being a jerk when's the last time i can remember him yeah not being a jerk? like where you go like you know alec baldwin that's pretty good. I, I liked him a lot on Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. Yeah, okay. He came across very Which well. Which one? On that He's been effect. on twice. Okay, the one where he was going like, Steven! Steven! Yeah. He was imitating the, the kids in the, in the neighborhood where pretty he Pretty good. Okay, I'll give you that. Yeah, he didn't like, stink him across in a jerky we liked way him, We liked him okay then. Yeah, he just like punched a guy like today and got arrested for really? over a parking space. Oh. Yeah. Well, he's like, always had a bad temper, as we know. Yeah, it feels like, it feels like look, we've got other bald ones. <laughs> right we've got other yeah. baldwins got backup baldwins sure. and i feel sure. like at this point we've given him enough strikes yeah that it's just like look here's what we're gonna do we're gonna move on to the next baldwin yeah it doesn't have to be the super right-wing baldwin who's a little bit crazy don't have to be that one but i'm pretty he's not sh- part of the family the one you're thinking about no no i'm not talking about uh i'm not talking about the adam other baldwin? Ba- adam, adam baldwin, baldwin. Okay. i know no that guy's a real right-wing uh, jag off yeah i understood <laughs> i've ridden in a car with that guy and that was not a great time um no there's other but there's another baldwin that's like uh just a really very uh hyper christian oh okay uh, i didn't know that on, on ple- steven i don't know that's the thing i know we've got at least three spares yeah uh one of them we gotta dismiss because he's just like ugh, just too extreme okay but there's at least two all right 
Well, Daniel. Bill, there's Bill Baldwin. Daniel's a pretty good Baldwin, and he's a yeah. pretty good actor. There's William Baldwin, right? Sure, maybe. There's Stephen Baldwin. Sounds about right. And what he said, the other one was Daniel Baldwin? Someone. There's one of the. Well, there's Daniel Baldwin, who's the big guy. He's the beefy guy. Oh, okay. He's like the. He's Moose. He's that guy. He's that guy. <laughs> but he's a good. He's like done like uh, a bunch of TV and he's good. Yeah. Like yeah. good actor. Okay. And as far as I know, not a jerk. Like we've just let the, uh, you know, Alec Baldwin stuff go for a lot, enough time. We've yeah. enjoyed him. You know, I've made, I've said critical things about him and you, you poo pooed me. So. Well, okay. Well, we can get into that. But. Um, <laughs> Because we had different perspectives on that. Uh, no, I was actually surprised by that. But like, I think we're done with Alec Baldwin. That's been great. Yeah, we've had a good time. Yeah. Uh, he does the Trump thing on Saturday Night Live. I don't think that works anymore. He's not very good at it anymore. Uh, he doesn't. It's having no effect, and we need stuff to have an effect. So I think Alec Baldwin. Moving on to whatever next Baldwin there is. Sure. Uh, that's my sure. that's my advice to how about, uh, North America. How about in James Baldwin? What does he do? He was. Uh... He wrote G- uh, Giovanni's Room. He's uh, he was a black writer from the 1950s and 60s. Then yes, let's big go part of him. the civil rights movement. Yeah, yeah. And he was also gay, so a big part of the. Sounds great. Him. Yeah. yeah all yeah. right. He's the new Baldwin. He's. The, I think we, that's he should, we should be. I, I would like to see yeah. a black civil rights leader from the 1950s playing Donald Trump on Saturday Night Live now. Don't tell me he's dead. I don't want to know he's dead. That would be great. We're going to Schrodinger's cat it. Yeah. Well, as Schrodinger's long as you don't tell it. tell me yeah, he's dead, fine. he could be both alive and dead. Yeah. He's in a bread box. Sounds great. Yeah. Sounds when he got really really old, they just put him in a box. Okay, that could mean many things. No, no, no. He was he was not necessarily dead when they put him in the box. Sounds great. Yeah. Oh, that's a creepier. Well, that's what you want. This feels good for a civil rights leader. <laughs> feels like he should be free. <laughs> he wasn't a civil rights leader. He was a novelist. Novelist. And a writer. Oh, yeah. they like being in a box. Yeah, they yeah. get more time to but, write. I mean, he also was very outspoken about... Uh, um, <laughs> about allergies? He wrote another... Uh, sorry, I can't remember all his... Uh, that's okay. Let's just admit he's way better than Adam Baldwin. Well, yeah. Who sadly was 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 good on you know uh, Fly Fly McSpace Cowboy Show, uh, Joss Whedon's Fly Fly McSpace Cowboy <laughs> Show, show. <laughs> and also uh, Chucky McSpy that show. He was also good on Chucky mm-hmm. McSpy. Good he was my also, bodyguard. Yeah, he was. Um, yeah. Uh, What's that movie called? My, my, my big my big goon guy. That, my big goon guy. That was okay, he yeah. was good in yeah, that. Sure. Uh, yeah, he's yeah. Uh, good in many things. I mean, as Alec Baldwin has pr- proven, you know, you're you're talent is is no is not necessarily tied to your pleasantness yeah i also think like it's rough for him because he was so good looking and then like now he's reasonable yeah older guy good looking face but definitely not hey Mm -hmm. he's Mm -hmm. you know uh and i think think that's rough you can see his life in his in his features and body and it's not even a thing where oh if you lost the weight you'd go back to looking like you look no, that face is left. Yeah. That face is left and has been thrown into the pit of time and you're not <laughs> going to get it back. And I think that's, that's tough for a guy who, you know, is, uh, was, was just so dreamed about. And yeah, I think I've yeah. mentioned this before, but like there was a 30 Rock episode where John Hamm is a guy who's, uh, in the bubble and is so handsome yeah. that he gets treated so well all the time. Uh, and then, uh, didn't realize how life really is. And I always felt this was a mean spirited joke on Alec Baldwin. Could have been. Could have been, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. And he just took the turn, and there you go. And listen, we all age. Everything, everyone ages. Uh, but you gotta, as you as you age, you gotta get nicer. Then you gotta be nicer to get uh, people liking you as well. You gotta be, you gotta be good. You can't be that same kind of arrogant. That mm. uh, you know, you're not gonna get this slack cut for you that you did in the past. <laughs> and then, and then, if you're like Alec Baldwin, you're gonna say this. This is the phrase you're gonna say. Yeah, man, the world's really changed. Is that what he says? Yep. That is something can't, he has said. Can't just take a swing at a guy at a, at a parking dispute. Yeah, man, the world 
has really changed. Has really changed. He's not wrong. Or could it be that it's you and the world has always been like this? (laughs) Well, the world's changed in ways, yes. Has it? Yeah. The world? The world. The world. Yes. Like I, I know mean, I know we're I mean more it's still rotating in the same direction. But I, I'm just thinking in terms but of people's our attitudes. lives. Our attitudes have changed a bit. Have they? Oh, yeah, I think they have. And I don't, don't mean for the worse. I mean I think our attitudes have changed. Okay. I don't think our attitudes have changed in the better for in some ways. And other ways for the worse. I mean it's it's, it's not all it's not all uh, cotton candy and uh I think and I think apples with razor blades in there. I think uh I think human nature generally remains generally human the nature same. remains the same. Yes, you were correct there. Okay. So we are yeah. the same venal base. Uh, sinful creatures who don't deserve uh, to be spat upon by God. <laughs> Wait, which Baldwin are you again? Oh, it's fun to say things you don't believe I'm in. I think if it was the guy from Biodome, if it's that, if that's the Baldwin. That's Polly Shore. Yeah, that's it. Polly Baldwin is what I was thinking about. <laughs> no, what we disagreed with, uh, or not even disagreed, but I was like surprised by like, oh, Dave's got a different perspective. I should think on this. Uh, was when he did that phone call to his daughter like uh, a long, long time ago. Yeah, we called her a little piggy, and to, yes. and, and too and, angry, and uh, and and to you that was awful. Yeah, and to me that was uh, you know, uh, you know, I I I'm more of the you know physical abuse type of thing, and mm-hmm. I and, you know the that to me just sounded like well you know that's a parent being mad and just saying a thing, but like that sure. it's a you know piggy sounds like it's not. He's not calling her a bitch. You know, it's like, it's like, this is, this seems like, this seems like a thing a parent would say. Yeah. You know, uh, it's in the parent vocabulary. It's Mm -hmm. not a million miles out of line. But to you, you found it like, well, this is terrible. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting because you're a father. I'm not Mm. a father. Yeah. Uh, And, uh, and, and, you know, though I've had a father, that's the thing. Like whenever people talk about raising kids, it's like, yeah, what do you know about it? Uh, I was one. So there's that. <laughs> um, That's true, but I mean, your perspective as a kid on what, on some of those things, are you know, has a, a, a bias to it as well, true. right? As uh, as as a parent, so I mean, it's all it's all valid, obviously. Uh, I don't think. But you thought that was like that was out of line. <clears throat> yeah, I do think it's out of line. I think calling your children names is out of line. I think, you know, not that hitting them is. I mean, it's a it's a verbal hit. You know, you're, you know, you might not be slapping them, but you are. Verbally slapping them, you are putting thoughts in their minds of who they are, right. how you per- how you perceive them, that they may not even be aware of. So that daughter may not have been aware that her dad saw her as a pig, or that her be- behavior seemed piggish to him. You know, and it's hard. I don't know how old she was when this was going on. I think that the I don't think it was so much. It's un- kind of unfair to Baldwin too, though, because I think at that time he was involved in. In a dispute with with his wife, former wife Kim Basinger, and I think that that about how to pronounce her name is it Basinger? Well, that was the thing they couldn't pronounce her name correctly. No one knew. It's like <laughs> the Basinger, the Basinger, and they yeah. were like, "I can't take it. Let's get divorced." Yeah, Kim. Let's just agree on one pronunciation. Basinger. Kim Basinger. And she, you know, I think, and of course, she's the one who released the tape as well. So I feel like, you know, he was, you know, kind of being played. You know, where the they were arranging things and then they're being canceled and he was maybe blaming the wrong person for it at the, at the other time i don't know how old the daughter was let's pretend that she was coming out of her te- out of her childhood into her teens yeah, i think that's about right yeah i think it was about 11 or and that's a that's a time of of a life when lots of children start to disconnect from their parents mm-hmm. and start to have a life of their own and if you are a narcissist or if you have tendencies that way mm-hmm. where you are very important to your children right the idea that they could be 
that they would dare to disconnect, to have changed plans, to want to be with their friends rather than mm. with you, is very difficult to swallow. It's difficult to swallow at the best of times, even if you're not, even if you're not invested in that way in your kids. Right. It's a hard thing to to deal That's with, I think, for okay. lots of parents. Uh, just that idea that oh, I'm not important anymore. To me, it's a great thing. Not that I'm not important, but just that your children are confident enough in themselves that they you can... were the son that they rotated around and then but yeah they, and then now gone off to the yeah universe. and that's what they should do you know yeah. and and also you know my feeling of people who talk about how their kids aren't grateful it's just like fuck you if this is what you're in this for is for someone to turn and say you know what you were the greatest parents ever and i will never be able to thank you for all that you did for me and blah 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 you're not going to get that from your kids nor should you nor should you expect that from your kids no that's not what you did for them you didn't do for yourself, you did for them. And they should know that and, and feel that. And how they feel about you doesn't have to be expressed. Because if you have a relationship with your children that's good, then you know that how they feel about you, you know. And I just feel like when in that situation that he is, you know, overreacting, verbally striking his child, having difficulty dealing with a, cha a change in, in how, you know, change in parenthood. You know, there's so much going on in there that, and I just feel that, you know, you just cannot, you know, you can't treat your children differently than you would treat a stranger. Do you know what I mean? Like, just because you have an intimate relationship with them doesn't mean you can call them a pig. You know, like, that's just, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, no, I thought about it a lot since you brought that up. And I yeah. thought, like, yeah, you know, especially, you know, first, I mean, that, this is the person who loves you, who, if they're saying this thing, and this is the person who loves yeah. you, you know, uh, that will be a big part of how you define yourself. Exactly. Then, those are words that, those are words that you put into yourself, you know, and you, you don't even know you're doing that. Cause yeah. it's just, it's just the way that you're, and, and I don't know if, if it comes that easily to you to call someone those names, I just feel like that's not a one-off incident. Yeah. And I, and I don't, uh, yeah, that's just not into it. And it's going to be easier than for some jerk in the future to use that, you yeah. know, if like, Oh, the person I loved in the past called me names. So I guess it's okay. The person now calls me names. That's fine. I guess that's how it works. Yeah. So I don't deserve love. Yeah. Or well, like, sure. you know, I, I, I deserve this. I deserve to. Yeah. Uh, I deserve. They're right. They're right. Yeah. I'm a pig. Mm -hmm. You know, and, or, and even worse, I'm going to act like a pig. I'm mm. going to be what you, what you, how you yeah, describe it. Yeah. Because me. you can't win. Yeah. You can't so win. So I might as well just. Me. Yeah. Sure. If your mom views you as a loser, you could rebel against your mom. And not, and not be a loser, or you can be a good boy and be a loser, mm. you know, because that's what they want. You, you assume because that's how they're defining you. And so, you know, a dutiful child obeys their parents. And then you end up in, uh, in situations like that. As someone who grew up, you know, and, and I still get called a dummy all the time by, by my parents or by my mom. Did she really call you a dummy? Oh, yeah. What would be a context for this? Oh, David, you're so dumb. Whatever this, you know. Wow. Yeah. Okay, yeah. let me just ask you a couple of quick questions about sure. this. Uh, would she ever say that to you in front of your kids? Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so yeah. what is the reaction from you uh, at the time? You know, well, I mean, it's so, it's so, you know, I'm, it's 50 years of this. So I don't really, yeah. I mean, it's in me and I know I cannot, I can't escape it. It's like, wow. it's like a genetic part of me. You know, it's like wrapped around my, my psychic Could DNA. You, uh, like, I just want you to picture like you, calling your daughters dumb. yeah i would never do that like but just imagine it yeah, yeah. like imagine what would it take no. to get you to call your daughters dumb now imagine your daughters uh have children and yeah. their children are there your beautiful grandkids mm -hmm. and you're calling them dumb in front of their in front of the grandkids like just imagine oh, how yeah. how far you'd have to go 
out of who you are right now for that. Yeah. Like, I'm obviously, your mom got called these things. Like, there's no way this doesn't start yeah, yeah. fresh. I'm sure. You know, there's a lot of name calling one one level up on this horrible department store. <laughs> yes. But sweet Jesus, that's that's awful. I'm so sorry. Oh, it's no, yeah. no, 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 no. It's no, no. That's no. This is the right thing to feel sorry about. <laughs> okay. And I don't mean this is in like le- yeah, yeah. like don't take this in like. Well, now you're a lesser person because you had to go through this, or I'm pitying you, or anything yeah, yeah. like that. It's none of this. What you just told me is terrible. That's a terrible thing to have yeah, happened sure. to you. That's a terrible thing for your kids to have witnessed happening to you. That's bad all the way around. That's just a terrible thing that I'm sorry happened to you. That's shitty. Yeah. Yeah. And you're that's in no weird. way to blame for that. And in no way can you, you know, whatever, however you feel about it currently, that's just, that's just shit. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you went through that. Yeah. It's a peculiar Canadian thing, the sense. Cause she does it in French afterwards. She does it in French. She does it in both <laughs> languages. Imbecile. What? I didn't understand that. It's cause you're an imbecile. You didn't go through French. Probably. I don't get the funding. If you don't, uh, <laughs> if I don't insult you in both languages, <laughs> the insult funding. What the government's funding this? Yes, yeah, yes, they are. It's oh, been damn, the progressive conservatives. Damn you! I was going to say, damn you, Trudeau. <laughs> okay, and you're talking the last Trudeau, not the not the, last, not the current Trudeau. It has a different reasons. For okay, it. Uh, he. Um, no, it's it's interesting. My mom is very, very. Calm. I think she cared more about what the neighbors thought of us than what we thought of ourselves. You know. Well, that's what matters. It's weird, isn't it? It's really, it's really what yeah. matters in the long run. Is like you know, on your deathbed, it's just like, what do the neighbors think? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just yell out the window. What do you guys think? Who are you? It's, yeah, that says it all. It's so <laughs> weird. Like, if the girls are having trouble in school, I blame the teacher for their trouble because I know my daughters. I know how smart they are. So if you're having trouble in school and you're that smart, what that tells me is the teacher is not doing their job. Okay. They are purposefully sabotaging the students in their class. I don't mean that it's just my daughters who are getting sabotaged. I mean, everyone or most everyone in class is being sabotaged by this teacher. Okay. You know, and I'm perfectly, and I'm, I will freely say that to them as well, you know. Whereas my mom, she would always come home from report card time or from parent-teacher interviews, and she was out, her, her attitude was, well, you know what your teacher told me? You could do better. You know, just stuff like that. Like, yeah, okay, whatever. Was that <laughs> yeah. was that all she said? Because yeah. clearly, I'm saying she is a teacher. Was a she? Um, was that all the teacher said? Because that doesn't sound like all the teacher. Yeah, said. yeah, no, that's all I heard though. That's all I would hear. Yeah, because usually, because there's something. And, there's no way. By the way, there's no way that isn't framed or sandwiched by. Mm. Dave's a good student. Dave's a pleasure to have around. Yeah, but he could do better. Yeah, exactly. You don't. You never would have a, par- <laughs> a parent-teacher interview that would just come. Oh no. Uh, Dave can do better. Well, that means nothing because you'd have to have frame right. it with something like he's so good. Yeah, I, I mean, know he's intelligent. I knew the teacher wasn't wrong. I could, I could have. Yeah, done yeah, better. yeah, yeah. But I there's mean, another part to that that she's clearly yeah, yeah. not telling you. Oh, of course, because it would always have to come with another part, or that part would make no sense. Mm. Right? I, I, you're probably right. Yeah, no, not but probably never, right. That's 100 percent right. They would, they would I have to. Logically, it would have to. It didn't. Uh, I mean, I'm sure it bothered me at the time, but of course it did. That I, was supposed to. Was I supposed know to that. You. I know the teachers liked me, so it never like killed me. Mm-hmm. You know, because be like, oh, well, they like me anyway, so it's it's fine. Yeah. And no, it's so and strange. You can't back then go and. Yeah, no. Yeah, you're a kid, so you're you're just like, oh, okay. I guess I'm in trouble. Can't. I could do better. Yeah, probably the worst thing that had me with that kind of stuff was one time, like I got a bad report card. And my, um, was at the dinner table. My dad just looked at it and just shook his head and glared at me and just put it back down again and then just said nothing about it. I was like, huh. eh, it's a dick power move. 
Is that what you thought at the time? No. Okay. No, it was horrible. Now, now uh, horrible you. at the time. Yeah, I then yeah. had a dinner with my, you know, enraged, disappointed dad. Like, I was worthless because, yeah. uh, you know, uh, because school, I wasn't very good with the, with the grades. Yeah. And I can't even remember what grade it was, but, you know, it was clearly from like grade six on because when we moved there. Sure. And I'm like, well, school was shit for me. Yeah. So there's reasons. Yeah. And whatever. But all I knew then was just like, yeah, my dad was just disappointed in me. Yeah. Yeah. And thought like, you know, I was, I was, I just felt bad. You just felt like you're a bad person mm-hmm. and, sure. and, and awful. And yeah. I, and again, I'm trying to think like, again, I don't have kids, but I can't think of like any situation where I would like look at a child of mine and just like shake my head and just be like, ugh. No, you you just you, you sicken me. What you just did, <laughs> like could you just imagine no, no, no. that it would get to that? Like that's just that's just insane. Like I again, yeah. and I know that there was one generation before my dad was taught with his grandfather, and there yeah. was something, and it probably was much worse. And one generation before him, sure. uh, he, my grandfather would get shoved in a chimney because he didn't get a good grade or something. Like you know, <laughs> whatever they would do with a child back then, you get thrown in the yeah, Thames, yeah, yeah. you know, and just like swim it off, that's you right. stupids, or whatever it would be. You know, make them climb up to the top of Big Ben and naked. Well, that's probably naked. if they would get that report going to say, that's it, you're to school, you're working in the factory. Yeah. I'm 12. You're working at Mill. Good enough. You're old enough. You're old enough to work at Mill. But there's only three children at school. <laughs> now you're working at Mill. What Mill? I don't know. At Mill. It's the mill where they make ats. Those at symbols. They'll be popular in the future. Those little round things. <laughs> It's true. But what are they for now? Don't you worry about now. We're yeah. stuck in them. One day there'll be an internet and there'll be a Twitter. And then we'll have a use for them. I, I remember thinking that one time when I was you know, writing a, the at symbol and thought, who knew that they would have to learn how to, to write an at symbol when they were yeah. eight, when they're in high and school? And what a, what a cocky bastard uh, that uh, hashtag symbol is now, huh? Oh, that guy oh, was uh, just like, oh, I'm a number symbol. Numbers. Yeah, yeah. No one likes good old number symbol. And then like, ooh, looks like it's hashtags. Time to shine. Yeah. Hooray. Look at me. Big shot. Yeah. Once Trump is gone, Twitter will go back to what it was before. I wonder what it'll be. A deflated monster. Oh, it's going to be. It's going to be. Oh, it's going to be interesting times. But, it, you know, it's. I mean, I can understand what you're saying. Like, they had this experience, blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, I had that experience. And I made a conscious choice to not to that's not be the thing. That. No, but I what said, I made, don't want to be that. But what parent. made that's the thing. But what made you make the conscious choice? Because there's a there's a one you know there's a certain point where you're going along on instinct. You're going along on instinct. You're just following behavior you've had before. Mm-hmm. And then there's something that happens to you. And I don't know what it is, but it's something. Well, you well, see, I, someone I can else. tell you exactly what it was. All right, tell me what it was. I had a daughter. And so yeah, when that, that happened, I said, I am not going to be like my parents. I'm going to yeah, be a different Okay, parent. I don't I but there's but there's some point where you decide to break out of break out of that. I don't yeah, I don't know. It's and weird. not fall and not follow pattern. Like and maybe you saw something else or maybe you were inspired by, you know, some exposure to something you've seen. But not you know really. No, I don't know what it was really. You know, Honestly, it's like something like I didn't go to work in an office because my dad hated uh, be in an office and every day you come home miserable mm-hmm. and and everyone like oh, okay I'm not going to work in an office and then you know because for me now it you was work like, in an office now working out what um <laughs> my own terms um but I uh, but I got exposure to like uh, a life of the arts and I'm like okay there's a little something over here and I realized there was an option and I was like yeah. okay now that I know yeah. there's an option I can make choices but mm. for the most part most people don't 
get to make those choices unless yeah. you have an option. And so you saw there was an option to raise children differently. But sure. like maybe you saw someone else who was raising kids in a way that you went like, no, it was just you just like free balled it and just went. I didn't know anyone who had kids when I had mm. kids. There was no one in my in my life who was a parent. At that Were you point. friends with other parents at all? No, nope. I knew no one who had kids. Oh wow, okay, no one at all. I guess I guess my brother and my brother in law and sister in law had kids before us but i thought they were in very good parents that time like now i have a totally different opinion of of uh, my brother-in-law at any rate but um at that time i thought that they were kind of irresponsible as parents okay so they weren't someone i mean maybe that was part of it that made me want to be a different i don't know i don't know what it was really i do know that i do have the weird ability to see in some ways not you know not all in all ways but in some ways i have been able to like beat habitual behavior mm-hmm. um you know, I've talked in the past about the fact that, you know, you knew me when I was younger and how much I love to argue and mm-hmm. constantly like take the contrary view. And it, it was so tiresome to people. I, I, and I apologize to everyone who knew me at that time period. But it was just, you know, it was obviously the exuberance. You're, fi- you're finding yourself. The exu- yes. Yeah, so you're finding yourself. You're smart. You want people to know it. So you want to show it. And the way you show it is by arguing. Yeah. And you, even if you're just arguing that, you know, that's uh, ninja throwing stars are a stupid weapon. It, you know, whatever you want to argue about, yep. you're going to grab, you're going to just. It feels, you're argue. feeling something. As a yeah. kid, you want to, well, as a teenager or whatever, you want to feel something. Yeah. You want to feel impactful and like arguing makes you feel impactful. Mm-hmm. But when I, when I met Lisa, it was someone who's brand new to my life. And I realized, oh, I can be a totally different person for this person. And so I like dropped all that kind of behavior for her. And I just, you know, and you know, I just. Changed who I was in in some ways, not in all ways, but in some ways, and it was a conscious decision to do that. Yep. You know, and I feel like when 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 Mary came or was coming, you know, I just knew that I felt that my parents, even though I love my parents, were not the best parents. That you know, they they had some flaws, and I wasn't going to do that. I wasn't going to be that kind of sure. parent. And I made those. I made that as a conscious choice. Was I entirely successful? I don't think I was entirely successful. It was entirely successful. But that's exactly ever. right. No one is entirely <laughs> successful. You can not screw up your kids in some ways, but you'll probably screw them up in other ways. You know, that's just the no nature one's a of... a perfect person. Yeah, yeah, that's it, exactly. And so, you know, it, but I feel like I did the best I could, but was not... I, I tried not to be a destructive parent, you know, which I feel like my mom, I think unintentionally, but maybe intentionally, was a destructive parent that she undermined us in ways you know and i remember my grandma saying to me one time talking about how i was tied to my mother's apron strings mm-hmm. which seems like an odd thing for your grandma to say mm-hmm. but it was true and of course i did not i was like no i'm not but then i thought about it i thought hey you're right i really am you know beholden to her and trying to impress her hmm. you know like and that's what she wants okay you know that's what she's inculcated in us is this need to impress but how are we impressing her we're not impressing her by succeeding because that's not what she expects from us. All of us are, are, you know, are pleasing her by being disasters in our lives. Mm-hmm. And that's what she wants because then she can keep control in that situation and be, be the sure, most important yeah. person, right? Because she's there to save us. And, uh, it's kind of, it's kind of a destructive way to view your children, obviously, you know, yeah. No one's. No one should be irreplaceable in any situation, even a parent. <laughs> so okay, that's an interesting way of looking at it. Well, it's just the reality of life. I mean, you cannot work a job and think of yourself as irreplaceable, because then you're just you're like a little territory garter. You know, you have your domain, and that's your domain. And no one, no one can go and you know that's 
that's uh, Pat's area. Don't don't bother Pat about that because you know she she's the one who does all the does all that kind of stuff, and we just don't bother about it because that's her thing. Well, what if she's not there one day? <laughs> who takes care of it? Yeah, you know, like that's that's not a healthy situation in a, in, a, in life, office life, family yeah. life, or anywhere else. And life. hopefully, hopefully, you know, uh, you you make things so that people around you can 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 make it without you <laughs> and yeah. do well without you. That's right. Because if you haven't, you you've uh, failed. You failed exactly. That's you have right. not. You have not created. If you make yourself irreplaceable, oops. Uh-huh. I mean, you are with some things. No one else is going to bring the perspectives. That you bring to the world. No one else is going to bring certain things that you bring to the world. Sure. But people need to be able to function without you in the world. Yeah. Or the exactly. world's going to like, yeah. Yeah. It's exactly. a weird thing. Like when I, whenever I see like, uh, once again, sorry to bring it up to this asshole, but like when, uh, w- the whole Trump thing is like, you know, it's, it's the sign of just such bad, bad management mm-hmm. of just like the only way this shit works is with him there. And if he's gone, it all falls apart. Mm. Everything centers around him. Everything rotates around him. Everything yeah. is about him. Not a good, not a good company model. Terrible. If company you think model. that, if you think that running government is like a running a business, which, which it isn't and shouldn't be. No, that's an idiotic view of, go- of how government works. But if that's your idea of how government works, then you should have an efficient company model, which is that, that you delegate yeah. responsibilities throughout your organization so that it is a self-fulfilling organization. Yeah, it's a bad... With motivated yeah. people who are working together for you. Exactly. You know, which he does not do because he, he rules through division and And it's the confusion. same thing, but it's, yeah. it's a bad way to run a business as of well. Of course it is, yeah. You know, like if, if the business... Yeah, that's because that's why his businesses don't you, succeed. That's right. When you when you pass or you, yeah. you're sick, if everything falls apart, then that you've run a shitty business. Yeah. And I, like, I feel that way about, you know just to tie it back into my own stuff and take it away from this yeah. is like uh, whenever I like uh, write about improv, you know, it's just like the bad improv companies will keep doing workshops with you forever. Yeah. Uh, so you, you never leave. And it's just like, well, you're going to need another workshop. You're going to need another workshop. You're going to need another one of these. And the same thing with cults. Yeah. You know, it's just yeah. like, you're going to need another this. You're going to yeah. need another that uh, just to keep you close to the bosom. And it's like the best thing I can do. I feel like as an improv instructor, and that's really the, what I teach most, if anything, it's like, well, you don't need me anymore. Like, I, I mean, I'm fine with you coming and asking me for advice or something at some point, or maybe I'll, I'll jam with you or play with you. But uh, get lost. You know, you're done. We've yeah. uh, now work it out yourselves. Yeah. I hope, I hope you're strong enough now as performers to go and learn your own thing and make your own mistakes. Uh, yeah, you shouldn't be coming back to me. Uh, yeah, I could offer you workshops for years, <laughs> but the, what a terrible thing. Yeah, you know that would be. And uh, unfortunately, I think that's uh, that's the business model for a lot of places. It's like well, you're, you're going to need at least uh, five base improv workshops to start no one 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 give them the basics and if there's anything specific they want to know later that's fine but basics here you go now you go and figure yourself out and now when you've learned what you like and what you are and what you can bring to things now we can talk more about the other things but like ugh, yeah (laughs) you don't think that people who are starting need a safe place where they can yes that's uh that's with your friends Mm. go your friends go to their apartment and jam Mm. and jam some more and jam some more and then like maybe go to a coffee shop and do a free show or do a free show at a senior center or some place where people want to see uh entertainment and can't afford entertainment go and do that yeah you know there's lots of little festivals or places to do things you know you can even busk if you want that's fine whatever there's places to do shit do a friend show 
you know, uh, do something like that. Learn, learn, fail, 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 fail some more. Learn some more. Do a good show. Now fail three more fucking times. Now more. Now you failed some more. That's fine. The failures are how you learn. Keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. If you want to come back and take a workshop, that's fine. But why not take that money and like rent a little space at a community center once a week and jam in there? Yeah. Because you can. You know, what? what is that? Like 30 bucks an hour uh, community center rental? Yeah, that's cheaper than a workshop. Go. Do that. And you can, again, you can come and ask for advice or you could go to shows and watch other shows and learn. Uh, that's fine. But like someone is always going to want to like keep giving you workshops for money. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, knock it off. And it's, you think it for the performer, it's too much of a security blanket where they're, it's not letting them. Well, they want the approval of whoever is above them. Yeah. Uh, sometimes, uh, in the hopes that they will hire them later. And so sometimes it's almost like a bribe. Yeah. Of just like, I'm going to keep paying you money until you hire me. But why would I hire you then? Because you're my source of money. Yeah. If I hire you, now we're peers and I'm not going to make any more money money off you which yeah. is bullshit i will because if you're good i'm going to work with you and i'm going to make more money as a professional and that'd be good but that's not what they think they just think my cash cow wants <laughs> to come up and, and 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 join me and do the same thing i'm going to do yeah. well no why would i want to also a younger version of of uh, me uh with fresher fresher version of me uh competing with me fuck that no it would make more sense for me to just keep teaching workshops to this person which is of course <laughs> bullshit and not a good business model but that's what petty small people feel Blech. <laughs> they think that the younger generation is uh competing with them and it's like no they're building a larger audience same thing within comics same thing with fucking anything yeah you know yeah. just like let let them up let them do more stuff now they're going to make more audience and that more audience is going to like maybe come around to you yeah you know yeah. Ah! yeah if you're still if you're still vital then yeah there's there's no this yeah it's not like it's a pie and, and you know, it is a pie, but it's a pie where you could bake a second pie, <laughs> and now another pie, and now you got a pie shop. I just and mean, now people yeah. are coming around yeah. going, "Hey, you know what? I like pie." Yeah. Hey, you make pie, and so you're just the one jerk who's got one <clears throat> pie going. Try my new pie. Try it, and everyone's like, "We eat cake." <laughs> yeah. You're getting people used to pie. Yeah, cool. <coughs> anyway, that's my pie cake Trump. Uh, parental issue rant of the day, yeah, and that's that's, good. that's what that's comes from me having to move. <laughs> it all ties. It all ties in. Now, 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 David. Now, again, if you've got more things to say, I'm 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 open to hearing them. But I'm just saying we're about at the hour and some odd point, and this is the point where we sometimes turn to the world of film. We do turn to the world of film. This week we're looking at oh, forget it. <laughs> we're looking at the silent films of an obscure person named. Todd Silvestri, and we're going to play some of those silent films for you right now. Here we go. Oh, fuck. It's, a, it's an audio podcast. Oh. This was a mistake. Yeah. I spent a lot of money on these. Yeah, I know. Those are silly of you. Um, um, I would, I'd say we should put well, them you know, up online, but, but we can't afford the no, rights to yeah. that. I only, I only paid for the audio rights. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll describe what he's there's doing. No, yeah, there's no reason that we can't okay. just watch. I'll, I'll describe what yeah, he's yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah, you do Okay, that. all right. So uh, this is Todd and his fa his his character, the angry hobo. <laughs> okay. Uh, people consider him to be the anti chaplain. Mm. All right. Mm -hmm. So here he is. He's uh, always on Ellis Island. He's he's coming on a boat. Okay. He's seeing the Statue of Liberty and he's showing it his ass. <laughs> all right. What a what is it called again? The the angry hobo. The angry hobo. Very okay. angry. And so uh, he's now throwing his pants uh, <laughs> into the Hudson. 
Uh, wow. And uh, and uh, now a police officer is coming up and saying, you've got to put on pants, sir. You can mm. see there. there yeah, we are. that's right. Uh, and now he's stabbed the police officer in the eyes. Oh when when is the comedy started in these? What's that? Is there what? Is, oh, it was very funny back then to like oh, stab a police officer okay, in the eyes. Okay, because there was the old song, "Oh, stab a policeman in the eyes." That's how I say I love you. And so that's yeah. a tribute to that. Who could forget that? Now song? he's pushed him overboard. Yeah, oh, now he's going yeah. on a murder spree. Okay. He is angry. Now he's demanding people will change their names from the names of the country they came to uh to to names he chooses or he'll throw them overboard. Okay. 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 So all right, there's a there's a, there's a there's a young man, mm-hmm. okay? I see. He seems to be an Irishman and he's named sure. what's what's your name? And it's uh uh MacArthur. MacArthur is his name. Yeah. Say so your name's now fuckface. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. And now he's pushing him overboard anyway. Yeah. Okay, here's the part where he's now climbing up the Statue of Liberty. Okay. And and uh and he's sitting on top of it okay. and he's taking a shit. <laughs> okay. And uh and and now he's he's saying this is what I think of America. <laughs> wow. And that was the end of the first one. Well, that's amazing. What a film. That was Defecating Liberty. Yep. And I wondered why it was called that. I was surprised. Yeah. It was later called Shit Happens. It, t- it took a turn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they called him the anti-chaplain. Sure, sure. I I to me his best film is whatever shits. That is a pretty I, good one. I do like well, you remember like how Chaplin did that thing where like he would like he stabbed the buns and did a little dance. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll just show you a little bit of the one. Uh, like it was actually loosely based on what the angry hobo did first. I'll just oh, show okay. you this one he little was, bit. Okay, so he was the originator see, of this. Right. Okay. So see, he's at the diner right now. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And now the waiter is coming up and saying, "Sir, here's your bill." Okay. And uh, you can see that. I mean, obviously, you can read that. That's fine. Yeah. And now he's taking those two forks and mm-hmm. he's like looking at the dinner buns. Now he's stabbing the waiter in the feet and he's forcing the waiter to dance. <laughs> okay, right. that that took less of a turn than I thought. And now was he's taking to. a shit on the waiter, <laughs> and he's going, "This there is what goes. I think of America." <laughs> that's that's good. By the way, thank you for looking at what I'm gesturing <laughs> towards, even though there was absolutely nothing there. <laughs> I am playing the role out here. All right, but uh, anyway, back to the film of today. Then let's see. <laughs> let's get to someone's someone's list. I don't know if they want to have their list read out in this episode now. Though. <laughs> It, uh, okay, um, this is from uh, Brent Tannehill. Right. By the way, if anyone wants to act out the Angry Hobos uh, thing, oh, just yeah. send us a little film of the Angry sure, recreation of the Angry Hobos. We'd be happy <laughs> to see it. Ian likes to watch people defecate. Well, it always ends that way. Oh, okay. It always <laughs> it says, does. this is what I think of America. <laughs> so angry. And then he was, he was a great patriot. <laughs> that was the weird thing. All right, so this is... Uh, from Brent, and he says... Uh, Hi, Brent. He says, Hi, guys. Hi, Brent. Hi, Brent. I love the movie list part of your show. Oh, Brent, come on. I thought about trying to make a top ten list. Good. But my problem is... Yeah? How do you compare a silent movie to a talkie? Exactly. Or a comedy to a drama? Or a cartoon to a regular movie? They're apples and oranges. Oh, First, do you know how you compare apples to oranges? How's that? You say, like, uh, oh, I like, uh, I like uh, apples better. Yeah, me too. Chris Roberts. That was easy. Yeah. They're different colors, different flavors. It's easy to compare them. It's <laughs> <There's> no problem. <laughs> was that hard? Would you like an apple or an orange, Dave? Tell me. An apple, please. There. Done. Yeah. Not a problem. Continue. Chris Roberts' method was pretty good. Ranking movies by decade. I did like that method. I did like how, nice. how Chris okay. did it. That was good. That was good. We haven't heard, heard from Chris for a while. I hope he's okay. Hey, hey Chris, you out there? Okay. Because newer movies have the advantage of special effects. So if you rank mm. them by decade, it makes more sense. 
I prefer to have a list by category. Okay. One caveat. Recency causes a bias. So I'll mention if it was a recent movie or not, and you can take it with a grain of salt. So you're saying caveat emperor. Caveat emptor? No, emperor. 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 Caveat emperor. Yeah, emperor uh, beware. Okay. That's what they said to the emperor before Luke Skywalker showed up. <laughs> Heads up. I didn't Heads know they up. spoke Latin in the... Uh... Did you not know no. Star Wars was done in the original Latin? It's a I long time ago, Dave. That's yeah. why they spoke Latin. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Then. He says, uh, I was going to have a category for best silent movie, but wow, they really changed between 1888 and 1927. Telling me, we all remember where we were. <laughs> Intolerance <laughs> speaks for yourself, Dracula. Intolerance was a great movie, but they also, but they got so much better in the late 20s. Also, how do you compare a two-reeler to a full-length movie? Instead of a silent movie category, I'd like to say that I think the best silent movies were the D.W. Griffith movies. Usually with the Gish sisters, the Mary Pickford movies, and anything by Buster Keaton, Harold Lloyd, Harry Langdon, Joan Crawford, and Charlie Chaplin. So it's pretty. So to not compare, wide. we're going to list all of the. Great <laughs> ones. All of them. But he's not going to. He's not going to list any Fair specific. Fair enough. Films, there are, so. I mean, that was just a general. Who's going to argue with that batch? Yeah. No. No. Okay. That's right. What Joan Crawford? Here's my favorites by category, not in any order. Okay. Best low budget movie. Oh, low-budget movie. And I didn't know this was a low-budget movie, but he's saying Lilies of the Field. You know that movie with, uh, I think it's Sidney Poitier, who is uh, helping nuns to build a church. Okay, no, I have not seen that. I've seen a little bit of it, but I haven't seen all of it. Okay, why is it low-budget? How much low-budget is it? I don't really know. All right, well, I guess it's low-budget. We're not going to call him a liar? No. All right. That's interesting. But it's a very low-budget movie. I liked uh, Slacker. I like Slacker as a low-budget movie. Yeah. that's. But it's a more modern film. It's a very modern film. And it's a movie where you you can enjoy it a lot once, but any time after oh, that, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a bit but of a But how chore. many times do you have to enjoy oh, a movie for true, it to be a good true, movie? You true. only watch a movie once anyway. What are you talking about? Okay, because my favorite would be Metropolitan, which is a very low-budget film as well. Is it? Because it was self, self-financed by Whit Stillman. He sold okay. his apartment to pay to, to pay to make a movie. Very good. <laughs> and he had some friends contribute as well, but most of the money came from him selling his so, Lilies of the field. condo in New York. All right, I'll, I'll try, I'll try uh, watching that. I do know the the music from that movie, the song that came out of that movie, which was by the Impressions. Yeah, what, what was it called? Uh, it's called Amen. Amen. Do you know the song? Amen. 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 Yeah, right. Amen. 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 Lily's off the field. <laughs> <laughs> Scariest movie. Scariest movie. Well, to, I know my choice, but what's uh, their choice? The Haunting, the nineteen sixty three version. A obviously. lot of people have said that. It is a very. It is a very effective movie mostly because it's about atmosphere and not about about a creature or whatever there is a there is something in the house mm-hmm. but it's more about the mental breakdown of the 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 the, the lead the protagonist in the movie the, the woman in the film and it's yeah it's a very and it's you know it's, about, it's based on a shirley jackson uh story who did the lottery who did the lottery who did uh, a, mo- a book i love so much called we I think it's called oh, We No Longer Live in the Castle, I think it's called. It's a wonderful book. It's really It's a good title. Yeah, it is a good title and it's a very, very good book. Now, uh, did you see this on television when you saw it or did you see it in the theater? I it is in the theater. I saw it at uh, David's David M's house yeah. on a large TV with surround sound. Okay, so you got a good uh, And that's a big part of it. And then I watched it with my daughters as well. And how they what they And that was scary to them. 
Okay. You know, so that makes it effective for you as a as a someone who wants them to appreciate it as well. I believe they've so. remade it and I'm not sure if the Haunting yes. of Hill House is also connected with that at all. I think it's I think it is. I think that's the original name of the Shirley Jackson book. Okay. I believe. And they did remake it. It's not very good. It's got um it does have Owen Wilson in it. Right, but the Haunting of Hill House and, uh, that's on Lily Netflix Taylor. right now, and yeah. everyone's going, "Oh, it's scaring the hell out of me." Yeah, uh, which I'm surprised about because I find that with shows that, like, uh, particularly with American uh, Horror Story, is that by stretching out the story, you kind of diminish the horror because it you just everyone's living with it. You just kind of you just kind of become inured to it. You're like, okay, there's a ghost in the house. Yeah, it is based on I the Shirley it. Jackson story, The Haunting of Hill House. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and, uh, yeah, people are saying it's like, uh, sorry, I'm talking now about the Netflix series instead of the movie <laughs> you're talking about. Uh, but, uh, they say it's a lot like the Royal Tenenbaums, but a scary version. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I do want to watch it. I just haven't had a lot of time. Very good. I don't know about you, but I've been re- researching a show called Full Marks. Which we've now, uh, going to be wrapping up, uh, shortly. Yes. Yes. But anyway, The Haunting is a really great film. Another movie I like of that sort of, uh, kind of tamer movie, because The Haunting, it's scary, but, you know, it's not, like, in-your-face scary like a modern horror film is. Okay. There's no gore effects in it and stuff like that. But uh, another movie of that sort is called The Uninvited with Ray Milland, I believe, is in it. Okay. And I'm not too sure who, who the the actress is in it um, with him, but it's a very good film as well. It's about a, an American couple, or, like, a brother and sister, not a couple, but a brother and sister who buy a cottage in England and some, you know, remote cottage, and it starts to become, it starts to get creepy. And it's quite it's quite an effective nice film All as right. well. Yeah, it's good. So I good recommendations. It. And it's something that you'll find on TCM quite quite common. Very good. Most intense movie. Oh, is No oh. Country for Old Men. That's pretty intense. Sure, it's a very intense. Yeah, film. I'm trying to think like intensity. Huh. That is a t- oh boy. I'm I'm blanking on what it would be for me. That's an interest. That's a very interesting category. Uh, you know what I'm gonna say? You know what I'm gonna? You know what I'm gonna say? Um, uh, Children of Men. Yeah, I'll give you that. The Clive sure, Owen, sure, sure. Uh, yeah, that film I find very, very tense. So just, just, it's just a movie with that feels like no good can happen all the way through the film. Uh, and I think that if that's what you mean by intense, because No Country for Old Men mm. definitely has that. As soon as, as soon as the uh, Josh Brolin character uh, makes his decision to go back to the to the site of the of this you know uh, shootout to bring water to a dying man, uh, you know that. That's not. It doesn't spell any good for him, and, right. it's, and it's 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 very true. No country for old men. I will I will definitely because it keeps changing things up, mm-hmm. and and, mm-hmm. and it's tense in different ways. I'm going to go for my most intense movie would be Cube. First time I watched okay. Cube because it's like it, but... you've got to like go through a door, yeah, and it might be terrible. It probably will be terrible, but you can't stay because something terrible is going to happen mm. here, and you got a choice. And oh, it's just so it is. You can't relax for the whole damn movie. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no Country for Old Men is, it's interesting because, yeah, it's such a, it's so, it's, you're so bound, you're so caught up in it. And I remember watching in the theater and you get to the end of the, get to near the end of the film. And, and of course, uh, as the, as the, uh, uh, Javier, Javier Bardem comes out and, uh, gets hit by the car and all that stuff happens. And then he, you know, and then you're worried for the kid and everything. And then it cuts to Tommy Lee Jones and he's telling us a, a dream. And because the last scene had been so overwhelming to me, I just kind of, I kind of faded, I kind of phased out. And I was thinking about what I'd seen and what was happening and stuff like that. And I was sort of, I was sort of ignoring him. And then it cuts to credits and I realized, oh, 
shit, I missed, <laughs> missed the end of the movie. <laughs> what was he saying? Was this like, was it a big summary? Did I miss a summary? Did I miss? And so I had to rewatch it, but uh, yeah. it wasn't, it was nothing. It just ends with a with him telling a dream and you're like, oh, okay. I'm also going to throw in there, and it's a weird one, Made, the John Favreau movie oh, uh, okay. with Vince Vaughn. Uh, oh, I thought that was their, just more of a comedy. Well, it, it was, but it had like a lot of intensity of like where you're like Vince Vaughn's going to really mess things up and things are going to yeah. going to go bad. And yeah. then it's I'm going to have a little spoiler for the ending where he ends up like uh, taking Famke Jansen's child and like the child the child you know through the whole thing has just been like you know pretty stoic about the way things are. And then uh, it's going to choke me up. Uh, John Favreau is like, "You're coming with me. I'm going to take you." And she just breaks down. And she just breaks down. She's been like going through hell, this kid, and she just wants to be loved. And she wants to be with him and she just hugs him and just like you know well just don't oh. let me go let me go let me go make and me want to watch that movie again. it's really yeah it's a great ending to the to the movie hmm. uh best science fiction movie is uh world war z the zombie oh interesting film, which i which i guess you could classify as science fiction is it science fiction or is it horror? sure sure yeah it's science fiction well some science fiction can be horror you know it's based on a scientific idea of like you know uh, something genetically going wrong yeah no you know? it's a movie there's nothing that, mystical about it yeah it's a movie that a lot of people didn't like but i actually really like i really enjoyed it i it saw was it in one the theater of those, it was one of those situations where i think the trailer did like spoil too much for me like okay, the, i didn't see the trailer some for of the it, yeah. some of the scenes yeah. that are like really dramatic and amazing and i think i might have been at that time too overwhelmed with too many cgi movies and there was a lot of cgi in it mm. but no i uh i i, I like i like it fine i think uh brad pitt's good in it mm-hmm. um yeah, I'm not sure what I'd call my my favorite. I like the, I enjoyed the mystery movie. element of it, where he's trying to figure out what this you know he's looking these you know they have that some sort of in, uh, email or whatever that mentions something in in the sort of Korean base, and so he has to fly there, and then that goes sideways, and then he goes to goes to Israel, and that takes a turn. Yeah, yeah. And I love the I love the soldier that he's with the the, the Israeli soldier. I think she's great and. In, in, in her role and and that the plane crash in the film is just fantastically done. Yep. There's a lot of really good elements in that movie. Um, you know, it's a film. I think that what it really needs though is a is like a making of because apparently that movie went through a lot of iterations yeah, yeah. to get to what we finally had. And and so I would be I would be interested to to see like a kind of a making of like why did we make the changes that we made like because you know apparently the original book by Mel Brooks' son Max Brooks is more of a it's more of a kind of like the Andromeda strain where it's it has that yeah that science fiction sort of thing where it's like uh scientific dispatches and stuff like that that are going on recording what's happening and you're you you have to kind of parse together the story from all these various sources and things that are you know that are happening and cuttings and 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 whatnot so it's not telling you like a linear story necessarily it's more it's much more kind of spread out and, and you have to kind of piece it together yourself as you read it, which is okay in a book, but I think in a film it'd be difficult to do, uh, you know, where to have a nonlinear telling of a story. I mean, it would be okay, but after a while, it just depends how you do it, I suppose. Do you want it all newsreel? Do you want all news reports? Do you want to have news reports mixed with Skype conversations? Mm-hmm. I mean, it could be interesting, but it, you'd have to, you know, I think they looked at it and thought, well, let's just get linear and let's concentrate on one element of it not in the whole sure. thing which is a very you know it's a big worldwide thing and it has a lot of different uh, elements to it the the, the novel I'm also going to throw in uh, for sci-fi uh, what I've just said already for another movie, uh, which is uh, for another category, which I'm going to throw Cube 
in again for that. <laughs> because here's what I like about Cube is because it is all You're really selling this movie to me. Right. Because it is, uh, there, there's moments in there where people ask, what is this thing we're in? And you get some uh, minor spoilers. There's some people that are in there that had something to do with making it. Yeah. It's like, well, why is this made? It's just like, I don't know. I was just working on this part of it. And you kind of get the feeling like no one knows why this got made. Why wouldn't it get made? Yeah. We could make it. So we made it. And now we're trapped in it. And it's like, oh, that's creepy. That is how things are going to go, isn't it? You're going to make a thing just to make a thing, and now we're yeah. going to be fucked by the thing. Yeah. Oh, you're right. That's exactly what it is. It's not a guy with a grand plan. It's just like, yeah, you just make it, and then now we're trapped. The end. I'm going to go. Not even the end. I'm going to. I'm going to. I mean, obviously, we haven't had time to sit and think about this. Where, uh, just so people know, Ian and I do, don't like to prepare for a sneaky dragon. Because that would ruin. Because we over prepare for the other. We over prepare for the other podcast, and it would kind of ruin the fun of, of looking at your list and sort of reacting to it in the moment. And so I'm reacting to it in the moment, and you know I've been thinking about this movie a lot, and I really like it, and it's a science fiction film, and so I'm going to say, uh, a Scanner Darkly, the Richard Linklater, very good uh, film with Keanu Reeves, Woody Harrelson, uh, Robert Downey Rob Jr. Jr. on his yeah. way up, uh, Winona Ryder, I guess on her way back up, and uh, it's a very. It's a very good film. It's it's animated. It's set in that kind of weird animated style. Waking use, life. Use it for uh, waking life. That's right. Yeah. And, and so it's kind of a rotoscope, but with a lot of different kind of colors and, and stuff happening. And the movie is about drug addiction, but with a science fiction background to it. Basically, when uh, Philip K. Dick wrote the book, he was writing it as a former drug addict, looking back at his experience as a drug addict. And then he kind of couched that autobiographical story in a, in a kind of a this, you know, science fiction world of, of, but the science fiction world that he creates is this world of, of basically what it would be like to be a undercover policeman in a, in a drug world mm. where you, your identity isn't known to the other police because you, no one can know who you are because you are, you know, embedded in, in, in this drug culture. And so you start to not know yourself as well. And it's just, it's about identity and drug addiction. And a an, an grand conspiracy as well. It's quite a it's quite a good book. Cool. And a great and a really really good movie. And I'm maybe I'm just picking it because it's sort of underappreciated, in my opinion. So nice. Uh, best Pixar movie. Brent says Coco, but he does say recency bias. Okay. So I I just thought oh and again it's a, okay I'm gonna go uh, Ratatouille. That's my favorite, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've probably talked about that before. Uh, Coco I like, but I think because it's so. It's it's so about uh, something that will tug at your heart anyway. Yeah. That it seems almost a little too easy. Okay. But uh, I haven't seen it yet. And then there's some there's some really dark elements in it that I'm like, oh, what a! I get that that's a cultural thing, but oh, that's really really dark. Mm. It's really 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 dark. It's like <laughs> basically if you're forgotten, you cease to exist. Yeah. And like, what pressure is that on the living? That like, oh, you didn't remember grandma. Well, I guess she's in oblivion now. Uh, but it's it's beautiful. It's mm. definitely a beautifully done uh, movie. Huh. Well, I'm gonna, you know, I'm I'm a person who is pretty much immune to recency bias, so I'm gonna choose The Incredibles two as my. Uh, All right. No, I'm just joking. Uh, The Incredibles. Okay. My favorite Pixar film. I think that movie is probably my favorite superhero it's my film second as well. Favorite, uh, it's my yeah. It's just I think it's a really well constructed uh, film, and I've talked about it before. But I think it's so much fun to have characters that aren't themselves at the beginning of a film, but during the film be- become themselves. Yep. And you know, and of course, it's even grander when they are superheroes and they're coming into their superpowers because then it's them coming into themselves on a grand scale rather than something that 
would be wonderful to watch a teenager come into themselves in a movie, let's say, where they kind of find out who they are and you can watch right. that. You can watch that becoming kind of like watching grade eight or eighth grade. Eighth grade, yeah. Yeah. That's a movie about becoming, I think. And that's also one of my favorite horror movies. I didn't find it that horrible. Oh my gosh. So scary. Yeah. I understand. I mean, I understand. The pool party. I understand. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I understand. But please continue. But I think that doesn't matter. Um, there's, uh, yeah, there's a, um, there's something about the seeing a superheroes because yeah, it's just, it's on a grander scale and you have that wonderful, you know, especially I just love that moment when Dash realizes that he can run on water and he has that yeah. laugh. And that to me is like, that's the movie right there. I'm just like, oh, there's, that sums up the movie that you can have so much joy in who you are that you laugh at it. Yep. I love it. Uh, best courtroom drama. This is a very specific set of criteria. Uh, 12 Angry Men. Is that what they say? That's what Brent says. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. That's probably the best one. Um, what's the one? What's the Paul Newman one? Uh, oh, the verdict. Verdict. I'd say the verdict for that's me. A, that's a good movie too. Yeah, I'll go. But, a little, but Twelve oh, Angry sorry. Men, great acting. Yes, that is a scenery chewing. It's good a ham. Time. It's a ham fest to the point where, like, I watched the Amy Poehler uh, parody of it. Yeah, yeah, with like Jeff Goldblum and uh, Paul uh, Paul Giamatti and okay. uh, some others, and it was like, oh, it just made me like. Just so happy to see someone like parodying this amazing film. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm going to say just to be different, just to mix them up a little bit. Yep, uh, Miracle on 34th Street. Ah, good. There's just a, there's not a okay, but I'm going to give you. There's not that much cord in it. <laughs> okay, how about Anatomy of a Murder, the uh, Otto Preminger film with James? Sure, Stewart sure. All right, we'll give it to you as a lawyer. We'll let you have it. My cousin Vinny, witness for the prosecution. <laughs> well, my cousin Vinny, yes, that's a great film. It's pretty great. Marissa Tomei, she won an Oscar for that, so that makes, so, the, you know, that makes the movie one of the greatest. But it's, uh, it's even better because it's uh, whatever uh, Fred Gwynn saying Utes. Utes. Great. Utes. 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 <laughs> oh, Utes. Yeah, Utes. <laughs> I saw that film. My biological clock is ticking, ticking. Thank you for the Oscar. <laughs> I I saw that film on a very long flight, a fourteen-hour flight home from uh, Great Britain. Mm. Laying sideways on the seats because everyone had left the plane by that point uh, in Toronto. So I was just laying like with my hand that's resting pretty good. on my, you know, my, my, my head resting on my, my, on my hand watching the movie spread across the seats. It's a good feeling. So I do have a fondness for that movie just yeah. because of uh, that. That's uh, different than recency bias. Utes. So. Utes. <laughs> that's comfort bias. Best full length cartoon. Oh, we're not counting he the says, Pixar's, I guess. I guess this. not. This is a different because this is a cartoon, so not a, not a computer animated, but an actual hand drawn film. Mm. Uh, Bambi. That's a classic. Yeah, it's gotta very give, good. Gotta very give good you, one. Gotta give you that. Gotta give you. A, gotta give you a Bambi. I can't say can't say bad against a Bambi. <laughs> uh, boy, boy, this is one that I should. Uh, uh, Batman: Mask of the Phantasm. Wow. Gonna give you that. Ben, Batman. That's my. Be- that's the best Batman movie as well. Okay, that's when he goes to watch the movie Phantasm. Yeah. Well, yes. Uh, let me think. Bambi. Bambi's very good. I'm gonna go Snow White. Okay. I go Snow White. All right. I do like Snow White a lot. As a kid, I thought it was the cat's pajamas. So I'll just stick with that. Because my, you know, the ones that I, the later ones, you know, you like them a lot. I like the Aristocrats or Aristocats. I should say a lot, a lot as a kid. But if I look at it now, I'm kind of like, oh, it's pretty. It's okay. Yeah, it's kind of rotoscopy. It's kind of yeah. It's got some. It's got that uh, 101 Dalmatians kind of. There's a little something distancing about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boy, you know and, that? And the the evil queen when she's like uh, when there's 
which he's like, you see that skeleton that's reaching for the water. He's just a skeleton of the reaching for that jug of water. And, you know, it's so close to the water and she just kicks it over and a spider comes out of it. Oh, so creepy. <laughs> She's the worst. <laughs> it's very good. Another movie that I like a lot is uh, Sleeping Beauty, but that's more, I just love the design of it. Yeah. I think it's a really great fight scene. Beautifully designed film. And the it, dragon. And what, yeah, the dragon's a great design. And, but also the briar patch, like all the black, yeah. the black, all briar. the characters, uh, Maleficent. What a great design is in a Maleficent. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Ooh. Fantastic, yeah, yeah. Real jagged edges, sharp. Everything. Maybe I'll maybe I'll go with Sleeping Beauty. Actually, it's my favorite. You know, in terms of story, I think it's pretty good. But but I always just love the dwarfs' uh, song in uh, Snow White. The when they sing the party one. Yeah. Oh, we're the dwarfs, and we love to party, 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 party. (laughs) That song you talking about? Yeah, that's the one. I'm sleepy. I'm dopey. I didn't think you talked. Well, maybe I'll talk now. (laughs) But I do think Bambi is one of the most important movies of the of the 20th century just in terms of a of social shift in in, in attitude to animals yeah is ba- bambi really marks that i don't think it was intentional you know i'm sure that when no. walt disney was younger he hunted uh, you know just like everyone else in, in where he grew up he grew up in a rural area and i'm sure they all hunted there and and i don't think he intended this at all but he created a movie that that anthropomorphized animals for for us and changed how we view animals and how we view hunting and how we view it as unfair of hunter stuff, hunt animals and things that if you went back in time and said that 80 years ago, people would look at you like you're a, a, like a cuckoo. But also, uh, really made you aware of forest fires. Yes. Yeah. That was scary. Yes, it was very scary. Yeah. That paved the way for a Smokey the Bear <laughs> yes. to tell you what's yeah, what. Yeah. The movie was a real, it was a really interesting. Yeah, it was a real part of the environmental movement unintentionally, but I do think yeah. best action movie. Best action movie? Die Hard. A Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, Ra- uh, oh, God damn, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Okay, I'll give you Raiders of the Lost Ark. You're right. Second one, Die Hard. In terms of, yeah, in terms of a breakneck movie that never slackens the pace when, except when it has to. Yeah. Except when it should slow things down yeah, and yeah. let you give you that little breath. It takes breath. you someplace you've never been before. Mm-hmm. Like the, 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 the climax to that movie. Is a climax. You've never seen this. Yeah, show. yeah. Like, yeah. what are you going to do? We're going to open the box. Now, listen. <laughs> no offense to J.J. Abrams yes. and his Mis- box of mystery. Mystery boxes. But there's nothing box. that's ever going to be in your box of mystery yeah. that's going to be as good as the opening of the box at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yes, it was so all great, done. but it was all realistic. Mm-hmm. It was all grounded. And then we opened that box and we had our minds blown. Yeah, shit gets unreal. Shit gets unreal. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, just like, what did good. I just see? Like, imagine someone who... You know, went, hey, you know what? Uh, I'm going to go use the washroom. <laughs> oh, when? Uh, you know, he's tied up. It's going to be a while. They're going to monologue for a while. It'll be fine. Yeah. Goes to the washroom, comes back just as the lid's going back on the box and just like sees everyone's faces. Yeah. Like, what did we just see? <laughs> he's like, ah, oh, damn it. I have to watch the next movie. Yeah. Stay for the late show. Oh, yeah. No, it's- with tribute, with tributes, it felt like to things like uh, Bible Bible movies like uh, Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. I think I think definitely uh, they borrowed from that in a, in a very, very good way. Bible movies borrowed from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Okay, Ian. Sure. Cuckoo. Um, what's interesting about that film is how vivid it is in my mind. Yep. I've seen it once. Okay, I, well, I don't understand that. I've seen all. a remake of it. The, well, done, the kids? The kids one, yeah. And I watched, when I was a kid, I watched a making of there's a lost on television, which is very interesting. Okay, well, I'm going to recommend but the I... next time it comes to theaters, which it will, mm-hmm. which it will, yeah. get go see the best quality uh, version of it you can and see it with a group of people. And it's going to be amazing. 
Right. I saw it in a park recently, and it was amazing. Hmm. I've I've seen that movie a lot. Okay. Yeah. Uh, best war movie for Brent is Saving Private Ryan. I guess he doesn't know a little film called Star Wars. <laughs> That's not a war movie. Really? I guess well, it's like a you, battle of I direct Britain, you, I direct it. you to the title, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I think he means not space war. Okay, I'm going to go all quiet on the Western Front. Why? Why? Yeah. Uh, because it was a movie that was kind of the first war movie I saw that made me go, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit, war's yeah. terrible. Is this the Richard Thomas version or the original black and white one? Oh, no, it's not the original black and white version. Okay. It's, the, it's the one afterwards, yeah. With the guy from uh, The Waltons. Sure, let's go with that. John Boy. That sounds about right. I saw it in school, but mm-hmm. I it, but it like stuck with me for for well. But let's go with All Quiet on the Western Front. What do you think of that? Not sorry. Let's go on the other one. Sorry, what, what was his again? Saving Private Saving Ryan. Private Ryan. Ryan. Well, I actually haven't seen that one. Saving Private Ryan to me suffers from the same. It suffers from the cliffhanger problem, mm-hmm. which is if your opening scene to a film is better than anything else that comes after it, it's very it's a very hard. It's thing a reverse to sell. Raiders of the Lost Ark. He opened the the Ark of the Covenant in the in the first scene. Yeah, in the first scene. And then, yeah. like, what are you going to do now? Yeah. We're riding a submarine. Yeah. Uh, because that that opening sequ- sequence of the of a D Day landing on Normandy Beach, it feels it's so well done. It feels exactly like in your mind it must have felt there the terror, the randomness, the suddenness of it, yeah. the scariness of it, the noise, the confusion. Just everything about it just feels absolutely what it must have felt like to be in that situation, minus that you watching it, aren't, your pants aren't filled. But, you know, for everyone else, like, it just, may, it just seems to you that that's exactly what it must have felt like. But the rest of the movie, to me, doesn't really live up to it. It's It becomes kind of falls into the the tropes of the war movie of this, you know, the the char- you know I'm from the Bronx and I'm from this and we're gonna do that and the yeah. and the telegraphed death of a character because you know th- that's just how the the movie the movie kind of follows a, a, the the you know follows the the your con- conventions of how what a war movie is okay oh for me I'm just trying to think sorry going through my mind of war movies that I've seen that I thought a lot of I'm gonna throw out Gallipoli as well. It's one of the first Gallipoli ones we rented. is a very good film, boy. Yeah, it's one we rented as well. Yeah, yeah, because you heard about it and you thought, yeah. "Oh, what is this?" And then you watched it and you went, "That is so sad." Um, War of the Roses. <laughs> Michael <laughs> Douglas. I can cut Blake out all Turner. this. I can cut out all this. Uh, uh, me hemming and hawing. So no, I like to keep saying stuff. I know, I know. I'm just saying, I'm gonna cut it all out. All right. Just so you know, just I, I just don't want you to feel like you're. You don't need to be upset when you listen back to the show and Clone Wars, everything. You see. Star Wars, Clone Wars. That's it. No, I haven't seen that. Oh, what films? I I'm not a huge war movie fan, so you know what I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say Bridge and River Kwai. That's a war movie, right? Sure. It takes place during the war. It's, sure. I mean, it's POWs, but it's a yeah. It's a war. It's got that uh, theme song. Can you tell me Kwai? Can you tell me Kwai? Mm-hmm. Yeah. By uh, the Communards. By Qui Gon. Qui-Gon Jinn was uh, in Star Wars. Yeah, he's one of the soldiers. Yeah. Um, Best Western. It's a great uh, uh, motel. Is it great? It's a middling. All right. What's a, what's a better motel? Uh, the Holiday Inn Express. All right. Well, move on. Next category. <laughs> <laughs> best Western. Why we, why we move on? Why were we doing Best Motels, by the way? I've, why we get off movies? Best Western. <laughs> oh, Best Western Film. Yes. Uh, Brent's Choice is Stagecoach, the first film. I would say the first, not 
John Wayne's first film, but I would say it's the movie that introduced him into stardom as as an actor. Sure. Okay. I mean, he was playing a a, a character that he played many times in many auteurs that he did for Republic Pictures and whatnot. The two hundred and something movies that he made before he set foot on the the set of of stagecoach. Auteurs, right. you call them. Okay. That's what they used to call yeah. westerns in those days. Um, but yes, John Ford movie, a wonderful film. Uh, kind of, it's kind of a. And I kind of wonder if it was also would count as a low budget movie because it's a mm. very limited cast. It's a small set. Most sure. of it's set in a, sure. and actually set in the stage. I mean, there are outdoor scenes when they're being chased and whatnot, but yeah, that's a pretty good movie. It was not one I would choose as best. Western what is for your me. best? Uh, uh, for me, it would be uh, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. That is my one of my absolute favorite movies. Mine would be ha- Star of the Same Person, but it's not that Unforgiven. Movie. That's correct. Mm. Uh, I can see that. Which is kind of almost like the last film in that in in you know it's uh, it is it's a a reflection on uh those films yes it's an examination of fin de siècle ennui oh la la well someone (laughs) went to university fine and dandy all right i get it i went to community college you're rubbing it in my face again fine all right that's fine that's great that's great that's great what i like let me just say Mm. i know one of the prostitutes dave i'm gonna throw that in your face okay i do okay and you know what yeah I might have been in a short film with her. And you know what? Yeah. So were you. It's a what story? And so were you. Oh, so was I? Yeah, you were in that short film too. Oh, is that Mr. Fingerman? It was Mr. Fingerman. Okay. That's right. Cool. The, uh, the, the woman Mr. Fingerman has sex with. Oh. She was a prostitute in Unforgiven. Ah. So you're one degree of separation away from the movie Unforgiven. Nice. But I'm still going to go with The Good, The Bad, The Ugly. And the reason I like that movie so much is that it's such a sprawling epic western that practically, if you took. It's pretty great. Yeah. If you took the plot of that film, and applied it to like how much the the movie has to do with its plot. It's probably about forty percent plot to rest of the movie because it's just such a wandering film that kind of goes from place to place, and things are happening. They're kind of discovering things here and there as 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 they travel and sure. move around, and it's sort of chess move versus versus this and Counter Strike, blah blah blah. But it's it's just this wonderful wandering western that's so stylish and. I really, I just like everything about those movies, and that's kind of the the uh, the Naples Ultra of uh, of the spaghetti. Fine. Western. <laughs> Fine. What's, what's wrong? You know what? Just, uh, Community college was fun. Didn't uh, didn't enjoy Cahiers de Cinema like, like, as much as I did. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> best best screwball comedy. Oh. His choice, His Girl Friday, which is a very good film. Okay. A very good film. I don't really know if I've got one. Cary Grant, Rosalind Russell. Me. Yeah, that is a good film, though. I it really is a do very good film. film. Screwball comedy. I really don't have an answer for this one. I wasn't prepared for a screwball comedy. But I'm betting you do. I do. I have several favorites, but I'm going to go with uh, Easy Living. Which is what? Which is a, a Mitchell Leeson film uh, with a script that I'm pretty darn sure is by Preston Sturges. stars uh, Gene Arthur. Mm-hmm. And Ray Milland, I believe, and the uh, col- choleric Edward Arnold, who the movie starts with him getting angry at his wife for uh, a boat. I think, about, well, I don't know if it's a boat or fur coat, but he takes her fur coat and throws it off the out the door. I mean, out the door and over the, through the window. <laughs> out the door, through, through, through the window. And, uh, but it throws it out and it floats down into the streets of New York and lands on Jean Arthur. And she suddenly ah. gets this wonderful coat. And it's a sort of magical movie, uh, uh, this great screwball comedy. But I'm just looking at one other film because I'm not certain of the title of it off the top of my head. And, uh, oh, nope, sorry, that's not it. 
Okay, let me just go a different way. Sorry. Sure. Sorry. I know who's starting it. So let me just look him up. Look him up. Look him up. Look him up. Look him up, Dedrick. Look him up. Look him up. Ah. Okay, so it's a... Uh, the other one I would choose mm-hmm. is it's more of a comedy thriller, but oh, I, would, okay. I would call it a screwball comedy. It's a 1936 movie called Adventure in Manhattan that uh, stars uh, Joel McRae and Gene Arthur. And it's basically he plays this journalist, this arrogant journalist who returns to New York to, New York, to Manhattan to work at this newspaper. And he is like Mr. Perfection. He just lords it over everyone. And he... And he's there to solve this. He believes that this criminal who's struck, struck before is going to return and commit another huge crime. Okay. And the movie's about him, his attempt to prove that he's right. Okay. Prove who this murder or prove who this criminal is. And also, uh, date Gene Arthur. And it's a very good, it's a very good, uh, fun, thrilling movie. I, it was on TCM one, one day. And of course it had Joel McRae and Gene Arthur in it. So I'm like, yeah. must watch. There's a lot of good shout outs to Gene Arthur in this episode. Yes. And uh, I think she's wonderful. I, every movie she's in, she's a, she's a, she's a gem. And uh, one movie I like a lot with her and it's called, uh, called Party Line. It's an interesting film because it was made just as the code was coming in. And you can see exactly in the movie where they went, oh, the code came in. Let's change where we're going. <laughs> and the movie takes this weird turn. And it's quite interesting. Okay. But yeah, I like her. I like her a lot and everything. Uh, she actually believed that she was only could be filmed from one side. Oh. She would, she would insist that, that film, that directors not film her from, from her right or left side, whatever. She would only allow the, that, that one side. Interesting. She was always uncomfortable if they insisted on filming her from, from okay. the side she thought she looked unattractive from very odd but it's a very good movie uh, adventure in manhattan adventure in manhattan. i highly recommend it um i i'm like right now i'm in a bit of a panic because i taped it off television a long time ago and i taped then i recorded it onto a cd like onto a dvd but i don't know where it is oh. and i'm i'm kind of i'm kind of uh my advice to you scared. Dave, move and you'll find it <laughs> You, you're right, but I just want to find it again because I want to dump it on my computer, so I so I have a, I can't lose it, and I and I I'll have it forever. Very good. Next, next on our list of things is, well, have you seen His Girl Friday? Yes. Yeah, it's a good. Yeah, it's very good. It's a very yeah. good film. I feel like when you watch that good movie, fast that, banter. Yeah, if you looked at the script, it'd be as thick as the Bible. Oh my gosh! Like it was just so much talking. My in that gosh, movie. I would actually like to see a script from back then and just like, how do you memorize all that too? That's <laughs> yeah, that's brutal. Yeah, that's part of it too. I uh, think like people though that uh, maybe I'm wrong, but it feels like you know, I mean, you'd have to know how to do theater as well. You have to memorize a bunch of stuff. Yeah, so people were just better at memorizing, and they had less distractions. Yes, they had less distractions. Better memories. You would memorize poetry. Mm-hmm. People would like go on a date and go like, "I will uh, read you a whole long poem <laughs> that I memorized." Like, who's got room for that in your head anymore? When I got to memorize every Simpsons quote. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. You <laughs> stupid monkeys! I've got all those in my head, <laughs> but I don't. Ain't, I don't got no Keats. <laughs> Me neither. And I've read Keats. Best romantic comedy. His choice. Mm-hmm. Trouble in Paradise. I don't know that movie. Is that the uh, Jim Jarmusch film? I don't know either. Let's look it up. Why don't you tell me your your best romantic? Oh, comedy? I think everyone knows what my favorite romantic comedy is, and that's the uh, Whit Stillman film Barcelona, about a lonely a salesman working in Barcelona for the uh, what are they called? Like the Hismoco, some kind of name like that. High speed motor company Hismoco. Um, he's a salesman in in Barcelona, in Spain. 
and he's kind of lonely because he's a English-speaking guy in this world of of Spanish-speaking women who he's attracted to, but because of a disastrous relationship, he's discommodive. He's having he's having trouble uh, connecting to to women. His cousin comes to visit him. He's a, a naval officer. He is sort of uh, advanced reconnaissance uh, for the fleet that's coming into Barcelona, and he's just there checking out places that will be suitable for the sailors to go to. And the story takes place just sort of in at the height of the Cold War. Uh, so it's kind of a period piece as well. It's not contemporary to when the film was made. It's taking place in an earlier time. It because uh, the interesting thing about the interesting thing about Whit Stillman is that his movies aren't his trilogy of films that he first made aren't actually chronological. There's a, there's a, they all take, they, all the characters are in, 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 in Las Cesa Disco. Oh, okay. But uh, in, in different ways, it's uh, interesting. But anyway. So Trouble in Paradise yeah. is a 1932 film, mm-hmm. uh, pre-code, romantic comedy, directed by Ernst uh, Oh, Lubitsch. Okay, Lubitsch okay, okay, okay. With okay. Uh, Miriam Hopkins, Kay Francis, and Herbert Marshall, featuring Charles Ruggles and Edward, uh, Edward Everett Horton. What's, t- tell me Based the plot. on the 1931 play, The Honest Finder. And what, what's the plot? Just a little bit well, of a summary. let me tell you about the plot, Dave. Oh, what is the plot? What isn't the plot? I'll tell you the plot. <laughs> uh, well, we're in Venice, where, uh, where a master thief, uh, masquerading as a baron, meets, uh, meets a beautiful thief, uh, and pickpocket posing as a countess, and the two fall in love and decide to team up. Oh my gosh, I've not seen that movie, and it sounds wonderful. Yeah, they leave and I like Venice for a lot. Paris. You'll even like it there, they go to Paris. Oh, okay. There you go. There's stealing of diamond encrusted ah. purses. There's so much stuff. How oh, did I miss this gosh. one? I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Uh, There's dinner parties. It. I'll check There's it out. People being mistaken for doctors. I'll talk about it. I'll talk about it next week, maybe. All right. I'm gonna try good. and watch it because uh, that sounds really good. Um, yeah, I love Lubitsch. Um, Little Shop Around the Corner is one of my favorite, mm. or the Shop Around the Corner. I think it's called. Actually, I'm not confused. It. I'm. I'm conflating uh, the Little yeah. Shop of Horrors in that movie together. Not the same film. Uh, the Shop Around the, the Shop Around the Corner is a wonderful film. With and this uh, is uh, sorry, the category James is Best Stewart. Romantic Comedy. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go uh, Scott Pilgrim uh, versus the World. You would. I would. Isn't that more of an action movie? It's about romance. Is that more of a comedy? It's about learning to love. Uh, it's. It seems like it's going to be about learning to love another person, but it's about learning to love yourself. Isn't that more of a comedy? Uh, is it more of a dramedy? <laughs> Best monster movie. His is cho- his choice, which I think is very okay. interesting. Bride of Frankenstein. It's a very good movie. Okay. Best oh. monster. So a movie I'm, with a monster in I'm it. I'm trying to. I'm trying to see if I'm getting the right one here. Okay. okay. Uh, oh. Oh. I'm now. I'm now almost wanting to change my mind on this. No. You can uh, change your mind if you want. No. No. What's the What's the film? Uh, Kyle MacLachlan film. Uh, oh, the, the hidden. hidden. The hidden. I yeah. think the hidden because the thing. I think the the gooey thing counts as a monster. Sure. sure if it doesn't, I'm going to go with the host. The host. Yeah, oh, the, the Korean, Korean film. film yeah. That's a good movie. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's a that's... big monster that's mm-hmm. uh, doing some stuff. So if you want little monster, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go hidden. If we're gonna go big monster, I'm gonna go host. Hmm. Favorite monster movie. Monster. We could also go with the old classic Universal monsters. Go with little Dracula or something. Yeah. Frankenstein's are pretty good. Uh, those yeah. films, yeah, pretty good. Um. I'm gonna go more recent. Sure. And I'm gonna go with. <laughs> oh, Monster Squad! I never saw it. <laughs> Sorry, I just got to think. Hotel Transylvania. Never saw it. The Adam Sandler. He's uh, <laughs> Dracula. He runs a hotel. I guess I did see that, but I didn't like it. Uh, um, hotel Transylvania two. Did not see that. Hotel one. Transylvania three. Is that the one where he's on a boat? Yep, that's the one. No. <laughs> 
They finally got it right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gee. Sorry. Uh, let me think. 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 Monster movie. Gosh darn it. I'm going to, okay. I'm going to go with The Fly, the David Cronenberg film with Jeff Goldblum. That's a monster movie, right? He's a monster. Sure. It turns into a monster. But, but it's a self aware monster, which makes that movie so sad. Right on. You know? Yeah. Good point. I like that movie a lot. I like the movie so much. I named a fish after it. And he's pretty fly for a Jeff guy. <laughs> I like that movie so much. I bought the company. Best. That's an old reference. Sure is. That's what I'm here for. Yep. Old man Dedrick. Best fantasy. His choice, The Wizard of Oz. Just a very interesting choice. All right. I'm going to go Star Wars. Okay. No, I can't choose. That's all about wizards. Can't choose Star Wars now. Taking that away from me. Man, why can't I ever think of anything? Anything Lord of the Ringsy? Hmm. You know, it's funny when I when those movies are coming out, I I read the books and I said this is the la- I've, I've had read them two times before and I thought this is going to be the last time I'm ever going to read these books because these movies are going to replace the books mm-hmm. and they didn't. I mean, I don't mind them, but I don't think they're as anywhere near as good as the books. And so that kind of oh boy, best fantasy, <laughs> so dumb. And don't just say any porn film, okay? You know what no. I didn't say from best monster movie? No, it was the thing. Oh yeah, that's in my top ten movies. That's a great so monster. You're gonna, you're gonna change and I'm gonna change it to the thing, yeah. Even though I like the fly a lot, I like them both. I'll a b it. The Sometimes thing, the, the only way that you can think of another category is to think of a different category. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, Favorite fan? How about Zardoz? No, just joking, everyone. Mm. That is not a favorite movie of anyone. Legend. Not a fan. Fan of legend. I'm not a fan of any of those movies. I don't like Labyrinth. All right, let me get like into legend. anything Henson. Jim Henson. Don't like Labyrinth. Henson. Don't like. I've never seen Dark uh, Crystal. Never seen that movie. It's, it looks looks dumb. Looks too scary with those weird dead eyed creatures walking around. Talking about the humans in it. Um, fantasy movie. Oh, I guess I'm gonna have to go with Debbie Does Dallas. No. Um, I said no pornos. <laughs> oh, sorry, I didn't hear that. <laughs> I didn't hear that. Uh, fantasy. I guess I don't have a favorite fantasy. I guess I'll go with. I guess I'll have to go with Star Wars because that is. That's would you're be gonna my, go with Star Wars. Yeah, I'm, okay. gonna, I'm gonna go with Empire Strikes Back then. All right, <laughs> <laughs> that is a strange choice for you, someone who I is, know. I actually like Star uh, Wars way better. Do you want Empire Strikes Back? It's not my favorite. I think Star Wars is my favorite film of those. Yeah, those that's true. Okay, it's not necessarily the best one, but it's certainly the one that's had the deepest impact on me as a as a kid. I think it's the best one. But that's all right. You think it's the best one? Oh yeah. Hmm. I think. I mean, I just, I just think in terms of like movie making, like you know, crafts, yeah. craftsmanship and and direction sure, and sure, acting okay. and stuff like that. I think, but as in like impact and effectiveness. Oh my and gosh! Delivery. No, as a grade five kid, to have that movie hit me right in the face, like like I was doing the fish slapping dance. It was just just crazy. Like it just knocked me over. You know what? We could also accept for any fantasy movie, any of the Marvel films as well. Mm, yeah, I'm not that I'm not that big on any of the Marvel films. All right, I like them. But I wouldn't say they're like the the best movies ever made or anything. Well, they might count as uh well no would they count as sci fi well they tried to ah uh, then we got I Thor think you should just but put then them the guy's own... magic and who the yeah. hell knows okay I think you should just put them in their own category and just call them uh you know best superhero movie if that's what you want to have in it as a choice all right but here's a movie I'm gonna choose for fantasy okay uh no, it's kind of weird back. it's kind of a recent go ahead what, it, is no, no, what do you got no. no I was gonna say what we do in the shadows oh sure I'll give you that yeah. That could also be your favorite monster movie if you feel yeah, like Yeah, yeah, sure. Except you got the thing. So I got the thing, and the thing is so great. All right. Okay, let's go with uh, Best Drama. Best. Brent's Choice, The Fabulous 
absolutely fabulous movie. And I think this movie oh, I shapes the fabulous Baker Boys. This movie shapes, I think, a lot of people's opinion of the book as well, which is To Kill a Mockingbird. That is a great adaptation. Oh, of a damn. Novel. Okay, I don't know if I can top that one then. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, I got to go with that one too. Seconded. I'm not a huge drama guy. Like I, I but I that gonna... one, that one's great. I will always stop to watch that. If mm. that's on. Oh, mm. wait a second. Uh, Mr. Smith goes to Washington. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with that. Is that a drama, not a comedy? Yeah, it's nothing comedy about it. It's hilarious when he's like gasping for air and he's just about out of breath during his uh, long session, uh, session gallivanting. Is that's what they call that in the uh, politics, right? When they yeah, gallivanting. Gallivanting when they yeah. talk for a long time. Yeah. That's... Filibustering is what they call it. Filibustering. I gotta go. Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Yeah, especially now. Mr. Smith goes to Washington. But but by gosh, uh, To Kill a Mockingbird is amazing. Especially now. Oh my gosh, why is all these films now have so much more relevance? Ugh. Best drama. I'm going to go with best drama. I'm going to go with Die Hard. Uh, no, I'm going to go with uh, Francis Ford Coppola film The Conversation. All right. Yep. So that, good Hackman. Put that in your in your uh, best musical. Put, put Once again, Brinch chooses a movie that I wouldn't choose. Because you know what? I haven't even seen this movie. West Side Story. Uh, Romeo and Juliet on wheels. Romeo and Juliet, a musical. There's no other musical. Romeo and Juliet. Oh, wait. Romeo plus Juliet is sort of a musical. But this is the oh, uh, I actual love a musical. musical. Damn it. This is a tough one. Oh, this is a tough one. Oh, okay. You got to think of yours. I'm gonna. I'm having troubles. Oh, well, mine is uh, pretty obvious, which is Singing in the Rain. I think is oh, the yeah, best yeah, musical. Yeah. You know, I have kind of like a, tri- a triumvirate of musicals that I love, and there's three of them. One is Singing oh. in the Rain. One of them is On the Town, and the third one is The Bandwagon. I love all those movies, but I think personally that the Hollywood love letter of Singing in the Rain. Just make this kind of pushes that movie over for me, and I just there's nothing I don't like about that film. I think Gene Kelly's Dance in the Rain is fantastic. I love uh, Debbie Reynolds and his song together when the ladder in the in the studio, just with the kind of movie magic happening behind them. And I love 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 so much Donald O'Connor's Make Him Laugh sequence in that movie that combines everything I like in in life: dancing, singing, comedy, like slapstick comedy. It's so well done, and then. Gene Hagen's performance as Lena Lamont, this dumb yet very cagey, smart villainess. That's a it's a really well put together movie. Yeah, jeez. Fit oh. as a fiddle, ready to roll. There's so many good things. Like, and this is a as a potted history of Hollywood, from vaudeville to silent movies, the change from silent movies to sound movies. They're they're they're. You know, they're like, um, just even covering like the whole problem with like trying to figure out how to use microphones in that time period and how to mic actors and, and not have it turn into this noisy, uh, mess. It's just, it's just great in every way. And yeah, it's just a, a movie, a love letter to movies that in Hollywood, I just love that uh, movie so much. Oh, this is bugging me so much. Cause what are you looking for? I just, just, I just, uh, this is killing me. Uh, are you looking for a particular movie that you can't think of the name of? You or? know what? It's like, I know that there's like some modern ones that have just been really, really funny, even like Disney films that have just been so incredibly witty with, with, with things, but I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go Fiddler on the Roof. I'm going to Fiddler on the Roof. Oh, you go Volt. Because I love the music, yeah. uh, behind it. Uh, you know, uh, I love me some Topol. 
Sure. Uh, I was in it in high school. Uh, <laughs> you were? And I think it's a touching uh, film that's got uh, some some funny songs. It's got some really uh, heart-wrenching songs. So it's got a great ending. Um, there's a lot of joy. Uh, I'm going to go Fiddler on the Roof. Okay. It's no West Side Story. I, have you seen you know West Side Story? I've, ne- I've never seen I've West never Side seen Story. I've never seen it either. I'm sorry, Brent. I can't comment on that movie. I've just never... Never, I don't know why. I've just never had the desire or interest in watching that movie. There's so many. Like whenever I think of like musicals that I'm really liking now, I look at uh, I look at TV shows that do them so well. Like there's so many TV shows that just do amazing, amazing songs. Not just cartoon shows, but something like Crazy Ex-Girlfriend has just some of the best musical numbers I've ever seen. Mm. Uh, but it's on television, so it doesn't count for this. So <laughs> there we go. So that's the end of Brent's list. Well, let me just read yeah. what he says. Team America also has some really good songs in it. It does. Yep. Yeah, it's fun. Three other movies that I love but can't think of a category would be The Human Comedy. Well, I haven't seen it. It's obviously comedy. And it's also the comedy. best film with humans. Yeah. Best best human comedy. The Human Comedy. Uh, the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Which version? 1939. Very good. Um, once again. Best uh, film with scoliosis. <laughs> best Bell movie. Oh, uh, wait a second. Beauty mm-hmm. and the Beast. Has a pretty good bell in there. What's the bell? Bell. Boing. The Adventures of Robin Hood. Oh, yeah, that's pretty great. That would be. Got to see that in a theater. Best, and that was beautiful. Best medieval action movie. Best tights. Best best men in tights. Best swinging men oh. in tights. Do you saw that in the theater? Yeah. When? Saw the, the Vogue for a film festival. I saw I saw it there. It was great. This is the Errol Flynn version. You bet. Wow, that's a that's cool. That's yeah. a good. That's a fun movie. This is the version. Am I thinking the right version? The version that Bugs Bunny also sees that version at the end of. Uh, yes, he uh, yeah. comes up onto the tree. That's the version. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And Fight Club. Okay. Best, best dystopian, best dystopian present, best best dystopian movie set set it set in the present. Best film with meatloaf, and I'm including Rocky Horror Picture Show, which is not a great movie, but a fun experience. But I'm including I know. it. Okay, that's fine. I'm including You're it. including it. Bob. Uh, he says, I didn't include a ca- category for comedy because it's too subjective. Uh, and the rest aren't? Yeah. Brent, come Brent. on. Brent. That's the whole point Brent. of this. Yeah. Brent. Okay. He goes, how about asking people to add an addendum to the list? Who never made a bad movie? My choice, Dustin Ooh. Hoffman. He never made a bad movie. That is a, t- that is a tough one. Uh, Daniel Day-Lewis? Can you think of a bad movie he's in? No, he's been pretty, pretty. I mean, it probably is, but you just can't think of it because you've. you've but yeah, from he, the get go, yeah, it's been always uh, been an interesting movies. Yeah, I don't think there has been. Yeah. No. Oh. And of course, Ryan Reynolds. I don't think he's ever done a bad movie. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> That's very fair. That's very fair. Um, it's interesting. Yeah, you, I mean, doesn't often is is an actor who has been in a, a lot of really good films. Would Outbreak count as a bad movie? Would Dick Tracy count? He's good as Mumbles in it. He is good. At, but it's not good a good movie. Role. It's not a great film. It's not a terrible film, but it's not a great film. It's kind of a, a stolid. Is that, is that a, that's a word? I think stolid. It's kind of a, it's like a big block of cheese. Right. Dick Off Tracy. the top of my head, no, I can't think of a lot of, uh, but yeah, I'm going to go with Daniel Day-Lewis. It's a big block of cheese in seven primary hues. Mm-hmm. I don't think there are seven primary hues, but whatever they, whatever the, the colors they chose. Um, Boy. Who pops into my head as someone who's been in a lot of very good films, but not in a lot of bad movies? How about Alec Baldwin? I was going to say, <laughs> no, I was going to say, I was thinking Jack Lemmon. Uh, Grumpy Old Men too might. Uh, oh, okay. take, take things out. Of oh, that. that takes Walter Matthau out of it too, because I was thinking he's he's been pretty had a pretty good 
run of good choices in his in his life. Huh. It's hard to think of actors nowadays who have never made a bad movie. Oh. Like a modern actor. I just think it's much more of a crapshoot nowadays. And the longer your career is, the harder it is to never made a bad movie. Like someone like Dustin Hoffman has been very smart. Like he doesn't do a ton of films. He's not a he's not a busy actor. He's a he carefully chooses the roles that he's going to play. And part of that is that he's very difficult to work with. So, what's the name of the uh, actor? Okay, what's the name of the actor who plays Mystique? Mystique in uh, X Men, who's also Jennifer in... Lawrence. Yeah, has she been in like if you well, that any... Red Sparrow? I don't think was a big. Uh, but what about yeah. that one? Passengers. It feels like there's movies that have sort of been washing up that she hasn't. Yeah, I guess great. so. Okay, all right, all right, all right, all right. Um, hmm. and then she was in those hunger games movies that that last set were yeah but you know that's horrible. what that i mean they are what uh, they if are. you see an actor's never made a bad movie that excuse a few films but is, from no their, but is that a bad it, but are those bad movies or are they just hunger games movies oh well that's bad movies is it yeah what what should they have been like i can't think of what those well, movies should be should... better movies okay i don't know how they how you make a hunger games movie like that well you cannot say you can't say they never made a bad movie then say well they've made movies i don't like very much no no it's not that, that i don't like it it's just like look like there's, I can They're see boring. almost any movie about uh, like football, right? Like I yeah. see like whatever Friday Night Lights. Sure. Okay. To me, that's like a snooze fest. Like I know it's a good movie, but it's a snooze fest. It's just not something I like. Yeah, yeah. But like there's, uh, like I don't like necessarily Hunger Games. Yeah. But if she does a Hunger Games movie, yeah. it isn't just because it's a Hunger Games movie. You just go, it's a bad movie. Yeah. It's, it's like okay. Well, they're like, bad. What's okay. got an effective Hunger Games movie? No, which she made badly directed. Okay, I don't. Uh, that's fair. All if right. You watch the second one. The direction is terrible. Like the action sequences. Like I don't know what a good Maze Runner movie is. Yeah. Like, yeah. is that a bad Maze Runner movie or a good Maze Runner movie? I maybe. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it's one of those. What's a good football movie? I don't know. Hoosiers. I don't know. Wait, that's basketball. That's basketball. Yeah. See, that's the problem. There's no football in it. A good football movie, The Longest Yard. Oh, the Adam Sandler one. Yeah. Oh okay. no, uh, North Dallas Forty. The one with uh, uh, Chris Chris Rock blowing up uh, and it being weird. Oh no. Okay. Uh, Who's never made a good movie? Who's never made a good movie? That guy in the room? Oh, that's true. Tommy Wiseau. Yeah. All right. Well, I asked and answered. All right. <laughs> one, one movie is bad. Who's never made? Who's never made a good movie? No, you're right. Tommy Wiseau. That's that. You 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 nailed it. Oh, I did. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. Ed Wood. Sure. We're going back a ways. Yeah. But okay. Those are all pretty. It's not just that they're. It's not just that they're bad or they're boring. Like it's one thing to make a bad movie. You know, but it can be like schlocky and kind of entertaining, but a movie that's just self-indulgent, yeah, boring. It's not even self-indulgent. It's just it just doesn't understand what what how to be entertaining. And you know what? Listen, if you haven't made a bad movie, you haven't taken a risk, probably for the most part. You know, Ooh, that's interesting. Is that's your condemnation of of uh, Daniel Day Lewis of Dustin Hoffman? You know, Dustin Hoffman. There's a movie I saw with him a little while ago where he plays a criminal. Uh, and it's a very good movie, and he's really good in a role as a guy who's kind of a hard ass. Uh, and yeah, it's a, he's amazingly good in that film. And I can't think of the name of it right now off the top of my head, everybody, but it's a good movie. I understand what Dustin Hoffman films now because I'm trying to think of what was a bad one. Yeah, I'm looking up Dustin Hoffman movies myself. Hmm. I'm cheating. Cheater. I'm cheating. I'm going down that film. Here we go. All right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. No, it was good in that. That was good in that. No, it was good in that. Oh, it's great, really good in that. This is no help. Oh, no, it was good in that. No, it's really good in that. Oh, Ishtar? I think it shows a good movie. Do we count Ishtar? I think it shows a good movie. All right, Ishtar. All right, we're going to keep going. It's a misunderstood classic. All right. Oh, 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 I got one. Outbreak? I got one. Sure. I got a bigger one. Sure. 
Here's a big one. Okay. Big bad Dustin Hoffman movie. Okay. Argue with me out there if you want. Yeah. Hook. I've never seen it, but I've heard uh, it's not very it's good. It's not good. Okay. <laughs> but you're right. Outbreak. But it's okay. He never made a bad movie. Does that mean he never directed a bad movie? Sphere. That wasn't very good. Mm, didn't see that. All right. Uh, no, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. I was fearful that it would be bad. Oh, mm. oh, mm. Mr. Megorium's Wonder Emporium. Oh, yeah, I've, I've, I've not seen, seen it, but I, I've I, seen I heard that. the, fl- I've, I've heard that. the Flophouse uh, uh, show about it, and it didn't sound too good. Yeah. Okay, I think we're good. You're yeah. right, though. Generally, like he's got a pretty he's solid a record. Pretty solid filmography. I don't think there's, I don't think there's any actress who could absolutely bulletproof their career i think if you look at their overall career mm-hmm. you know i think someone like clint eastwood has a pretty good track record of of good films that he's been very careful yeah even you know? the ones where he's with an orangutan and punched people yeah i think those every, movies every which monkey yeah, to punch i think those movies were his way of keeping his his actually name up there so he could continue making projects that he wanted to do you know, and those are a way of doing crowd pleasers of the time when yeah. Smokey and the Bandit yep. and Hooper and stuff like that were popular. It was a way for him to keep his his hand in the game, and you know, the same way that that you know he will occasionally would occasionally pull out, uh, you know, a um, Magnum, you know, the the Dirty Harry, right, right, kind yeah, of it's kind of like a Deadpool. My career is. Kind he of was like, in. He was in a film a, called The Dead, Deadpool. The Deadpool, yeah, and you know, he's kind of like, oh, my career has been a bit of a. You know, it's kind of stagnant or whatever. I'll just do a hairy, you know, do a dirty hairy movie that will kind of get yeah, things going. Yeah, a little again. cash in the pocket. Going to direct a movie. I can do, do a little a, bird. I can do a bird or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I'm not always a huge I fan can, of. I movies can, I can buy a chair that I could like talk to during a Republican convention for a while. <laughs> really ramble. You sure like to? You sure like to be in there. What's that, Mr. Obama? No, you shut up. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're a chair. <laughs> <laughs> So I think, you think, yeah, I don't think you could say who's had an impeccable career. Gregory Peck. <laughs> no, his has been peckable. Okay. Very peckable. And I don't know, boys from Brazil. And I just, you know, you can just kind of, if you think about a person's career, I mean, they can't always be perfect movies. Like at some point in your life, you have a mortgage, you have a divorce, you have a, some, an illness, you have a mum who's has, needs some, needs some money. Quick question. Charlie Chaplin. Yes. Does no, he, he made Monsieur Verdoux. Which is the a bad Countess one? from Hong Kong. Those are movies that Stinkaroos, Limelight. I, they're not terrible films, but they're not great films. They're they're diminished oh, oh, movies. Hey Dave, hmm? listen, watch watch what I subtly do here. Although I'm sure Verdoux has one of the greatest little great uh, little kind of moments I, I've seen in film. Yeah, so you should watch it. Okay, I recommend it. I think it's a good. I'm film. I'm going to do something really it's subtle here. Watch cold. this. Uh, play play it cool, and we're sure. going to like really clean up here. Okay, okay. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Dave, why? What, what is what is it, Ian? I wonder if. The Marx Brothers have ever done a bad movie. Why? I don't know I, where I could find out if that's the case or not. You know, I've heard of a podcast out there. Oh, uh, which, called the Marx Brothers Council? That's the podcast, exactly. <laughs> you should give that one a listen because they talk about the Marx Brothers on that show. Right. Oh, fuck. We do one, too. <laughs> oh, damn <laughs> Someone said we're bad at self-promotion. Mm-hmm. And, and that know. was you. <laughs> I, don't <know> if we, <laughs> I don't know if we qualify... As promotion at all. I know. You forgot to put that out there and tell everyone that we were bad at self-promotion. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, do, we do a podcast called Full Marks, yeah. and uh, we've been going through all the Marx Brothers films. Uh, and I have really actually enjoyed so like something in every one of the Marx Brothers films. Yeah. I have really enjoyed everything so far. Yeah. So far. Yeah. The next one we have coming up, though, oh. in oh. a couple of weeks, yeah. I'm going to tell you, Dave. Yes. I don't know whether uh, I'm going to like it or not. Mm. And it's called Love Happy. It is called Love Happy. 
Will I like it, or will this be the one that breaks me? <laughs> this might be. This might be the spirit breaker. This is our sidecast, by the way. Yeah. If you subscribe to this, you're going to have that automatically downloaded. We're so sorry. We don't know how to fix that. Uh, but uh, if I you're do, listen- but it involves completely taking apart the website Ugh. and redoing it. Yeah, forget that. Uh, but Ugh. if you uh, if you're listening to this by other means, then uh, yeah, listen to our uh, Marx Brothers podcast, and we'll uh, see if the Marx Brothers ever made a bad movie. Maybe mm. maybe Love sure. Happy is the one. You don't know. You don't know. You'll find out in a couple of weeks if you're listening to this I mean, in real time. We know because we already recorded it today. But yeah. we can't tell you what we think about it yet. No, you have to tune in in two weeks. Time. We would. We would be so mad at us if we did that. We would be. We'd feel like, what's the point of listening to the show? We've already just given away. In fact, if Ian said something or I said something, I would just cut it out. Mm-hmm. That's how you. Know. It feels almost like we're doing shameless plugs at this point. Shameless plugs. Do you have a shameless plug you like to do? Oh my to do? gosh, do I ever, Dave? Let oh, me okay. tell you something. Okay. Um, you and I uh, worked on a book for Scholastic recently called Sparks. Uh, with Damn the, straight. With the third dragon, Nina Matsumoto. If you're missing Nina, by the way, she's going to be showing up in a couple episodes with a very special other guest who's got a very successful podcast. I don't know why he's going to be on our show, but he's going to be on our show with Nina. I don't know how that's working, but it's ha- it's working, and we're going to do it anyway. He's uh, bad at self promotion. He's great at it. Oh, uh, Nina, uh, Nina drew this book. I wrote it, and uh, Dave colored it. It's called Sparks, about two cats that uh, want to be heroes. No one takes them seriously as heroes, so they dress up as a dog, save the world from an evil alien baby. Hey, it's in your bookstores now. Why not get it? Also, uh, I've got a comic book. Uh, it's coming out monthly from Image called Exorcisters that I'm doing yep. with Giselle Legacy uh, about two sisters who are exorcists, hence the comedy name. But wait, are they sisters? Mm, you'll find out if you read that first issue, and then you'll find out more if you read subsequent issues. But the first issue has been getting some really nice reviews. And so, it has uh, been getting good reviews. Yeah, it'd be nice if you uh, picked it up and uh, gave it a little uh, reedy read. And if you want to hear more of uh, me and Dave, we've got a bunch of our past sidecasts that are on our website uh, uh, completely Beatles and totally Tintin, where we go over every Beatles album and every Tintin book. Yes, we did. So those are, those are the big plugs. We had a lot oh, of fun. Oh, and also read my wife's book, uh, Me the People, which is her editorial cartoons, uh, book of her editorial cartoons by uh, Image. It's it's just amazing. It's great. And and read the New Yorker. I've got cartoons in there and Mad Magazine. I'm a regular contributor to there. And and my wife and I will now be having a regular page in Mad Magazine as well. Uh, oh. so, uh, another reason to pick up that magazine. And is, is it going to have like a, uh, a series of cartoons or one Yeah, a cartoon? series of cartoons. Oh, that's right. That's great. That's but we're going to be in there, uh, every, every issue. Oh, that's fantastic. I have been enjoying the ones that have been posted by Mad Magazine. Yeah. We also did some stuff for their, uh, Facebook page. Uh, so those are there. Those are some black and white ones we did. Uh, we've got color ones that we're Ooh. doing right now for, Ooh, neat. uh, for this. And we also do black and white cartoons for, uh, New Yorker. When it, they buy them. It and is. they bought them recently, so that's been nice. It is a black and white magazine. It is. It's black and white and red all over the world. Yes. Or at least sits in doctor's offices all over the world. So it is so disease-filled. <laughs> Do not pick up a magazine at a doctor's office unless you want syphilis. Oh, dear. Well, yeah. that's, that's a good And ad. if you rub the magazine sample on your skin, you'll smell like Dave smells when he puts cologne on. Because, again, <laughs> so much syphilis. Sir. It's a weird reaction to my yeah to me. Now, Dave, uh, I don't wrap up this show. I wrap up this show, so everybody, you know what? Here's a, here's a fat beat. <laughs> oh dear! Only Ian can use that microphone now. Oh, it's so full of syphilis. <laughs> if you want to uh, 
continue the fun of movie lists <laughs> with us, that would be great. You can write to us at sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. That's our email address. And we've been getting a lot of emails from you and a lot of enthusiasm uh, telling us about your movies. And even if I have not had time to write back to you for the last little while, I've been a little busy. We're getting them and we appreciate them. And they're, it's great. And you, eventually we'll, we'll come around to you. So just hold tight. Hold your hats. Hold your horses. Hold your head up high, as Argent went told, once told us to do. And you can go to our comments uh, board that's on our website, which is sneakydragon.com. You'll find underneath the show a place that you can write and send us some comments. We love to hear from you. Uh, we always read them and sometimes respond to them. We have a presence on Facebook. It's called Sneaky Dragon. It's a little page there. We also are on Twitter at sneaky underscore dragon. And you can uh, at us there or like us there when we do things. That would be great. We appreciate that. So, everyone, that being said... I just want to say one more thing. There you go. Them toad suckers! How about them toad suckers? Ain't they one? Sitting there sucking them green toady frogs. Sucking them hot toads. Sucking them chunkers. Sucking them leafy types. Sucking them plunkers. Look at them toad suckers. Ain't they snappy? Sucking them bog frogs. Sure makes them happy. Them hugger mugger toad suckers way down in south. Sticking them sucky toads in their mouth. How to be a toad sucker? No way to duck it. Get yourself a toad. Ready?